Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, October the 29th, 2020. Exactly 10 years and one day past the official creation date of the Lag TV YouTube channel. But not the first video. But not the first video. That doesn't that doesn't happen until the first of November. Mm. That's when uh, the that's when the magic of the six pool tutorial would make uh, its debut on YouTube. Back when there was still like five star rating system. This is like a star rating system. It's just like, it, like my God, if you if you ever get the opportunity to like look at how YouTube has evolved in the last decade and just see how many iterations of of uh, how you could rate a video or interact with a video, oh my God, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. We've got another technical alpha podcast lined up for you today. Another good one. Uh, pretty uh, pretty decent week for some news. Not like uh, not like a long list of, but a couple of heavy hitters, uh, and, uh, and of course we can uh, we can bring you the best of our hot takes in our old age. First up, people are going to notice that in my sleep, my girlfriend shaved my head. Mm. It happened, Adam. I woke up in the morning and I I had no hair left, and and she said, look. I get tired of all of that hair, so I shaved it in your sleep. And I said, wow, I'm surprised I slept through that. And here we are. Adam, hair uh, and I'm gaining hair. It's impressive. I'm giving, yeah. I'm, giving, I'm giving what little I have left to you. Enjoy it. Enjoy the hair. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, we, we, I got out of the shower the other day. It was a, mm. um, fuck, oh, four four or five days ago now. And I was like, you know what? Today's the fucking day because I've got this scalp treatment shit. I've got to do anyway. Cause I've got like various forms of dermatitis on my face and, and scalp. And one of the things for my scalp to try and solve this problem. So my scalp doesn't feel like it's constantly on fire, uh, involves a, uh, a derma roller, which is like the micro needler uh, and, uh, whether you're using a stamp or a roller, I've got a roller, whatever the, uh, the opposite thing of a good time is using it when you have longer hair. Cause you just pull all the hair out of your head. And so I said, fuck it. I walked upstairs, literally didn't tell anyone anything. I, I got out of the shower, dried myself off, towel myself off, went upstairs with like my, uh, my, my wall, like barbershop quality ass fucking beard trimmer hair clipper. Hmm. And I, I went upstairs and I said, it's time. Who's going to do it? <laughs> Who's going to be the one? And so mom was like, uh, mom volunteered. She said, I'm going to have some sick satisfaction in doing this. And so you can't, you can't fuck it up. You, you know can't, what I mean? You, you, can't, you really you can't fuck up a buzz cut. You really can't. So we got the number two slapped her on there, gave her the fucking business and away to the races we go. We're back. I'm now, how fitting. I am now, if you went back and watched our, uh, our video, mm-hmm. our Q and a, if you took off 15 pounds of muscle and added a beard, <laughs> <laughs> I have returned to 2010, 2011 Nova war. So, uh, other than that, 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have to ask the important question. Mr. Black, how was your week? It's been another week. Yeah. I didn't really... I got my chair. Yes, I saw that. Your chair came in. How is that hitting you on your back? I didn't go that route because my shoulders are so broad. I didn't like the feeling of it. My shoulder blades almost felt like they were going to wrap around the back. I don't... don't, I've never noticed anything. I don't feel it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, so we we are basically representing the two gaming Aaron uh, or not gaming Aaron, Aaron uh, Herman Miller chairs right now. I got the Aaron C, mm. uh, which is got uh, and, and you've got the uh, the Embody is basically yeah, what it embody. is. Yeah. The thing is so crazy looking though. Like look at the back of this fucking thing. It's like uh, it's very it's it's very high tech looking. And all of like it all bends and moves. Like. It's very similar. So like if you ever if you sat in the one that I have upstairs, the Steelcase Gesture, it, the mm-hmm. concept is super similar. Where it basically was the idea was no matter what direction you bent in, it's trying to like yeah hold your back shape and move with you kind of yeah. thing. It and, it doesn't work particularly like you know it it is it's still really firm. So like. You, you, I have to really be like, I can feel it moving with my back, but I got to like move with it. You got to give her, you got to give her some pepper. I got to give her some pep, but, um, yeah, I'm loving the chair so far. It feels weird to not have something. Oh, you've been, you've been so used to a headrest for so long. Yeah. Yeah, It's not like I ever really rested my head, but now that it's not there, I, it's, it's like, it's noticeable. Um, um, it's also nice too, because when I'm streaming, before you just see this big blue fucking you know DX racer chair. Now it's just clean. Looks a little more professional. Um, yeah, it's nice. Tons of customizations. I haven't even gotten this thing zoned in completely yet. There's a it lot going on where it's at. But dude, I mean the amount of customizations that you do on this for just the smallest things. Uh, it's it's fucking like it's going to take me probably two three hours to sit down and like calibrate this chair the way it. I need it to be calibrated, but, um, feels good. Comfortable yeah. as fuck. My ass is like, feels real good. I'm still, um, so on this one, I've got two, I kind of knocked, locked it down to two different seating positions. Mm. So I've got like a general position. I sit in if I'm just at my desk and I don't need to necessarily be sitting super far forward or feel like, cause I'm, I like to sit up straight when I'm playing games on the keyboard and mouse. I mm. hate fucking like the classic world of Warcraft, like, uh, have like sleep, have a sl- I've never been. I have to sit like bone straight when I sit uh, in my chair. So mm-hmm. I've got, I've got uh, in the the reason why I went with the Aeron is because it has um, a forward tilt lock position that yep. raises your ass up and pushes you forward and allows you to have a more natural upward sitting position mm-hmm. uh, that I couldn't get in my other chairs. And so I had that. So I use that, and I usually pump up. You know the 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 piston a bit to get a little higher because when you're sitting forward you kind of duck down a bit, and then yeah just a, a lower everyday sitting position where I'll lean back a bit and and I'm chilling or or just writing shit or whatever at the PC, uh, but the arms stay in the same place and yep. generally speaking the the locking positions are in the same two place but loads of fucking customization obviously which they should have when you're paying as much as your child's first year college tuition to get yes. him through the fucking door. Yeah, it was not cheap. By any means. <laughs> uh, the only thing I need now is I need a new desk. I've been using this desk for like the last seven years. Although yeah. this is the second. 
I basically had this desk and then I bought the same desk because I was just used to it. Yeah. But I want to get I want to get a customized L-shaped desk that goes that has the hydraulics so mm. that I can actually stand up when I want to stand up mm. and just kind of like move around a little bit and shit which will be you know nice. Do they make L-shaped standing desks? You have to get them custom made. So there's okay. a few there's a few companies that make them mm. and uh you just take the measurements especially with the way my corner is here. Mm. Um I only can have like six feet come out from this side but then this side i can do eight feet so what they'll do is you'll give them measurements and then they'll cut the board or the desk uh a certain way and then they add the hydraulics and everything yeah, so yeah. and the only reason why i haven't done it is because it's another couple thousand dollars right so it's like I mean, especially custom i, I would yeah. assume it would be yeah quite expensive yeah. so that's what i'm going to do next year this year i decided i was just going to finally pull the trigger and get a chair because mm. my my other chair is just seen seen better days so yeah uh but yeah i would, I would that, love to go that way too but like my setup is so fucking like cable heavy yeah that like i don't like i i i am terrified of the concept of trying to have to have everything move vertically and like yeah. up and down with the desk um yeah. and so you just need to have you just need to have the right cord length because i i've watched with that exact thing, because I, I like six months ago, I was highly considering getting one, mm. um, and just opted to do the chair first. And you basically got to make sure that uh, when your desk goes up the full amount, that you have enough slack for all of your cords. And yeah, a lot to of go the two positions. Extensions. Yeah, and and a lot of people have them like through tubes. So yes. like you'll have like two sides on the, and then they'll feed all the wires through it, and then. Basically, you just need to have enough slack to to go up and down. But um, the good news is, is once you do the cable management once, it's done. Yeah. But getting there, that's like <laughs> it's a commitment. It's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one. But anyway, other than that, uh, it's been another week. Um, firmed up on another triplex. Nice. Uh, so close. Um, I get the keys in two weeks. Uh, that was morning. the one that you were like uh, to the deadline on the other. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So I, that, was li- I was like six hours out. Yeah. Um, but it all worked out. Huge renovations. I mean, this is the biggest um, boat between 40 and $50,000 worth of renos got to go into this bitch. No. Uh, oh. So it's the biggest it's the biggest um, project I've had to date. Mm. Um, so tomorrow morning I go down there. I've got a plumber going down, um, giving me some final quotes electrician going down uh to give final quotes and painters going in to give quotes and then i'll have all my trades lined up and then come november 14th roofers are going in replacing the roof then plumbing's in there same day starting that then electrical will be in there the next day there's a lot of stuff i went out and bought three stoves three fridges and three washer dryer combos uh, a few days ago um sadly because of coronavirus and um coronavirus really <laughs> they um the stock is very scarce yeah so essentially since i'm ordering so much not all of it was at a warehouse so but they want to sell you what they have because if they can't hold it if if they try and hold it somebody else is just going to come and buy the stuff so i've got seven appliances that have to come to my house so i have to take my jeep out of my 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 um uh, oh, you're gonna be doing like garage. single runs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have like seven appliances sitting in my garage, <laughs> and then at some point over the next month and a half, the other stuff is gonna come in. 
So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have them deliver it here, and then I'm gonna have to man, I'm gonna have to go and deliver the stuff when the units are ready. Fortunately, it's gonna be like two months of renovations. So like it doesn't really matter when they come in, but it's just a fucking pain in the ass where uh, you know, I gotta I gotta be moving fridges and stoves and washers and dryers and all this other nonsense. But you do what you gotta do, because if I didn't do that, they're like, we can put it on back order, but then you might be waiting another two oh, months be, yeah. uh before you we just don't know. So you're better off taking what you can, storing it somewhere, and I'm not gonna like pay for storage, so uh, my house is just going to be filled with appliances. I'm going to look like I'm I'm starting like a little side hustle uh, <laughs> with a bunch of appliances. So anyway, um, and that's been pretty much it. That that's that's been my life. Uh, the last week is just the stream and dealing with this and Exciting. getting ready, getting ready for for the Renos. Exciting. I just I just played Morrowind a bunch, basically. Uh, and that was it. That was my stream life. It was between that and, uh, the last jugglings of, um, M's work stuff, work related stuff like today, uh, taking her back in again, seeing with her, her, her floor manager and shit. And, uh, we're, we're getting down to the last of it, thankfully until at least February, but other otherwise, yeah, it's been me adjusting to waking up that early in the morning. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, no. And then, and then also, uh, so tonight is her first night shift of her orientation stuff. So she's got today, I think, and then tomorrow are back to back night shifts. And, uh, so the process of getting her adjusted, like it's, it's, uh, this is a, I don't want to tangent this crazy, but one of the things that doesn't make any sense to me in, in the medical field and nursing is the 12 hour shift thing. Um, because all, like the nurses are all basically paid the same amount of money regardless. Cause it's a, a profession. So it's all locked in at certain dollar amounts based on seniority at best. And so if you are, if you're trying to get people to be like fucking awake and aware and which you would want in a nurse, uh, and then you're cramming them into either day, day shift, night shift, or both. Mm. And you give them, you give them two days off in between a day shift and a night shift, and one of those two days off is basically them trying to flip their clock for the following night uh, days uh, night shift. Yep. yep. Then you're you're just I, it doesn't make any sense. I would either I would either assume that you would want to lock nurses in uh, who want them to take them the night shifts and the day shifts, with the new nurses likely getting the short end of the stick and getting night shifts up front. But like you, just flipping your shit all over the place is fucking horrible. And nurses are like dead on their feet, um, yep. working twelve-hour shifts. I, it just doesn't make any any fucking sense to me because it doesn't cost them any more money at the hospital to run eight-hour shifts, and it allows nurses to have a more normal fucking life outside while also not requiring three plus days consecutive uh, time off to recuperate. It's a fucking a very weird system but regardless yeah so we were doing that last night so um i'm not obviously going to flip my clock to hers i'm going to try and maintain as <coughs> close as possible to the mo- the morning shit uh because i have to go take her either to or from work regardless of the of the time it's always at seven in the morning seven at night um but yeah that's been an experience so this last week has been just stream whenever i'm awake uh and then otherwise <laughs> just flipping my clock and that's it that's been 
Uh, that's been uh, the show. But let's talk about video game news, Jeff, right after I remind people to hit the fucking like button and leave a comment. First hour, hit the bell. Subscribe, hit the bell. Make sure the bell is highlighted. That way you guys get your notifications as soon as these videos go up and you can pop on <coughs> over on YouTube. Leave a like and a comment. Goes a long way. Helps us beat back the hands of the uh, the evil algorithm and hopefully get this podcast out of just our community and in to the feeds of other folks who may also be interested in our uh, mostly nonsensical opinions. And now to our mostly nonsensical opinions. I've right. got some got some news to cover. I'm going to get the stuff out of the way that you don't care about first, Jeff. AMD. Right. AMD released their <laughs> released their uh their graphics card stuff here yesterday. They had the live stream for or the for that. It was obviously a pre-recorded event or whatever, but they had their uh event for that where they talked about their new graphics cards, the big Navi cards that everyone has been waiting for, especially after Nvidia dropped the proverbial giant dick on the table uh a few weeks back with the 3000 series cards where everyone was like holy shit. NVIDIA did it. They finally cracked. Um, this is like the greatest performance gains, you know, generation on generation. And so everyone was like, well, Big Navi's fucked. As it turns out, they're not completely fucked. So AMD somehow successfully has managed to catch up and equal or surpass the 3000 series graphics cards if their numbers that they're showing hold up. But most of the stuff that they've been showing off for their CPUs in the uh, recently haven't been lies. They've all panned out once the third-party reviewers got their hands on the equipment. So if this also maintains parity with what they showed off at this event, then NVIDIA has a proper fucking uh, rival for once. In like, I don't even fucking remember the last time NVIDIA had any competition uh, to speak of. So, we'll quickly go over it. I'm sure lots of people uh, have uh, watched it that would be interested in it, but the long short of it is this. So it's the 6,000 series cards. There's a 6,800, a 6,800 XT, which is like, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the steroid injected 6,800. Uh, and then at, towards the end, they announced the 6,900 XT, which is the, uh, the steroids and also every horse tranquilizer and PED they could find crammed into a 6,800 XT to name it the 6,900 XT, uh, to go toe to toe with NVIDIA's 3090 which is, of course, the biggest dick on the block currently. Some Mandingo shit, and I don't mean just figuratively. I mean, the card is literally the size of a Cadillac. It's fucking enormous. The card is huge. So, how does all this stack up? Well, the 6800 XT and the 6800, the first note I had here, is that while they're obviously great uh, performers, they're awkwardly priced, in my opinion. The difference in, in price between the 6800 and the 6800 XT is only $70, but the performance difference between the two is relatively substantial, which begs the question, why in the fuck would you not just spend the extra $70? It's not like we're saying $100 plus here, or $200, or $150. It's $70. Bucks. I mean, my God, go without coffee for a three, like four or five days and just buy a superior card. Uh, but regardless... The 6800 and 6800XT, no matter how you slice it, for one, go toe-to-toe with or are better than the 2080Ti. For, obviously, significantly less money. The 2080Ti released at an ungodly fucking like 1200 US dollars or some shit. In Canada, you were spending like nearly two grand. I think, Jeff, when you just got yours recently, it was still basically two grand by the time it was all said and done. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is out 
at uh, the 6800 and 6800 XT are at 579 US and 649 US respectively. So half the price, same or better performance than a 2080 Ti. That's also being in a roughly smaller form factor and less power consumption as well. So you're getting less power, smaller form factor, as good or better performance, half the price of a 2080 Ti. Which, until NVIDIA's releases of this 3000 series, and even then, the 3070 is basically a 2080 Ti, your only other options were the 3080 and the 3090. And, as it turns out, the 6800 XT and 6800, uh, but specifically the XT is what's going toe-to-toe with the 3080, again, as good or better than the 3080 in what they showed. Uh, For $50 cheaper than the 3080. So, you've got a clear-cut um, price difference, a clear cut performance, di- uh, a pr- power difference of about 20 watts. It's 300 versus, I think, 320 or somewhere in the neighborhood. And it's smaller than the 3080. The 3080 is a big fucking graphics card. And the 6800 XT is much more in line with what you probably already have in your system. The 6900 XT, they showed off at the very end. It was like Lisa's, you know, but wait, there's more moment that always happens. Uh, and again, this is like 10 to 15% ahead of the XT, which is the same kind of idea of the 3080 and the 3090. You're getting 10 to 15% more performance, but you're doubling the price, essentially. And the same holds true here. So the, the 6900 XT is 999 US dollars, but again, goes toe-to-toe with the 3090, which is currently 1500 US dollars. So we're not talking a $50 price difference anymore, like at the lower end of the spectrum here. If you're going for that extra 10 to 15% big dick status, it is a 500 nearly $500 difference between the two cards. And again, same size, the 6900 XT is the same size card as the 6800, and the same power consumption level, for all intents and purposes, which is significantly less power than the 3090. So, I mean... Just an overall slap in the face to NVIDIA to provide that. $500 cheaper, less power, basically the same performance. There is an asterisk attached to that one, though. There are two new features that are coming here with these series of graphics cards. One is called Smart Access uh, Memory, I believe it is. Let me check my notes real quick to make sure I'm not crazy. Yes, smart access memory, which is basically in the consoles, Mr. Black. Both of them, the new Xbox and new PlayStation, we know are using AMD's shit. Right? Both graphics and processor are AMD. And we know that that in the consoles, the the CPU and GPU, for all intents and purposes, get to communicate directly. There's like no latency involved. Unlike when you have a mispairing like you would in a, in a standard PC of, say, an AMD processor and an NVIDIA card, um, just as an example, or vice versa. This means that if you have, which lots of people do now, yourself included, a X570 board, and you plug in one of the new processors that just came out, and you get the new graphics card, those two get to talk to one another with zero latency, pretty much, which... Means just by pairing AMD processors with AMD GPUs, 
gets you, on average, 6% within one game. It was like nearly 13% performance increase just by matching them. You don't have to do anything. You just plug the fuckers in, and basically, away you go. So AMD is really positioning themselves in the market where they're the only ones producing graphics cards and CPUs at the same time, under the same brand, and leveraging that to get even more performance out of both of those chips. And now, NVIDIA has to fight off AMD, and Intel is fighting off AMD, and AMD, who went from, like, almost zero fucking market share in this part of, in part of the market, is now blowing both of them fucking back at the same time, which is very strange to watch, and, I don't, like, all the, all the fucking props go to AMD's engineers and Lisa and, uh, and, or Sue, uh, and the whole crew. It's, it's absolutely fucking wild. But, hold on to that. Third-party reviews will be coming, obviously, in November. Make sure. However, pretty much everyone, so your your gamer nexuses and, and, and Linus and, and stuff, I pretty at least Linus is saying, for God's sake, wait for the reviews before you buy a 3070 or a 3080 because these two cards could be cheaper, less power, and do as good or better performance, and there would be, at that point, almost no reason to go hunting for NVIDIA. The only two things to keep in mind at that point are the drivers, which have always plagued AMD graphics cards, and we have to wait to see if these ones are better. And two is ray tracing, which NVIDIA has doubled down on hard with these gener- this generation of 3000 series cards, and we don't know what ray tracing looks like necessarily for Big Navi just yet, and if it will perform as good. Either way, very impressive. Crazy performance for the money, comparatively speaking, to what I shelled out for a fucking 2080 Ti. <laughs> uh, and now we get to wait and see how it, uh, how it uh, all comes together. But these are very impressive. Regardless, NVIDIA, AMD doing big things. Intel's the only one who's basically really taking the long dick right now. Because scrambling after AMD's release, uh, Intel released way ahead of when they're coming to market um, some stat, like a, a single slide out of a PowerPoint on their stats for their next-gen processors coming, which are still the 14 nanometer process, and there was literally nothing on that sheet that was interesting at all. It was all garbage. For it was all bad. So Intel is is like two years behind everyone else. At this point, don't give a fuck about Intel unless you already have a 10900K or a 10700K. Sit on that shit if you must. But for everyone else, AMD's new processors are flat out better. And now we have to wait and see if their graphics cards are as well. But very, very interesting times in the hardware sector because Intel and NVIDIA both haven't really had competition in like fucking 15 years. And now all of a sudden, AMD is providing competition to both of them at the same time. So there you go. And we, we made it, Jeff. We're past it. We made it. You made it. You didn't fall asleep, and I'm so I proud of you. Asleep. I didn't fall asleep. I'm so I proud you of you. do your thing. So proud of you. Next up, Google. Google, actually, I think we mentioned that this could be happening uh, several podcasts ago, but as it turns out, it's 100% happening now. The U.S. Department of Justice has set its eyes on Google in a landmark case to prove that Google is, in fact, a search monopoly. Now, I don't know how you could argue that they aren't a search monopoly, (laughs) but I'm sure Google is going to do 
all of what they can to try and prove that they are in fact not a search monopoly. Here's a rundown of this shit, okay? And why the Department of Justice is, and this is on both sides, this is Republican and Democrat, everyone wants to look into this shit. Um, Google's digital ads account for 85% of the company's annual sales, to put that in perspective. So you know what's at stake. 85%. That's like EA and loot boxes. You strip the loot boxes out of EA, EA folds. Literally not worth a single dollar. Google ads go away or aren't as as prevalent. Google in some serious shit. So 85% of the company's annual sales lie in its ads. Google is used for 90% of all searches done globally. That's not North America or the Western half of the world. That is a globally 90%. That by itself, I mean, unless Google comes in and says a monopoly would mean we have 100%, which would sound so fucking stupid, but I wouldn't be surprised if they use that defense. 90% is fucking wild. And the amount of control, whether it's intentional or not, based on search results popping up on Google obviously cannot be ignored. You can't fucking escape that shit. Here's another example of why they're also looking into this. So, in regards to them getting to 90%, and where Google says people use Google, they choose to, not because we're forcing them to. Here's an example of this. Is that tech- That's like the most technical fucking excuse ever, because, for example... Google pays Apple 8 to 12 billion dollars in ad revenue a year to make Google search the default on Apple products. If you want some more context on that, this accounts for 15 to 20% of Apple's annual profits. So just Google showing up with a big-ass fucking fat stack of cash to say, make us your default search on all of your devices accounts for nearly one-fifth of all of Apple's annual profits. Almost half of Google's search traffic last year came from Apple's devices. This isn't the only company, to, put, to, to just be clear, that they have a deal like this with. That's just an example. And obviously, a huge example. Google says that people, like I was mentioning, use Google because they choose to. But, and this is, my, this is, this is me saying this now, and I'll, I'll put this to Jeff as well. If it's the default on like fucking 90% of devices globally, because 9 and 10 are Android-based, for example, and then they're paying Apple, the other half of that, 8 to 12 bill a year, and half of all searches are on Apple products. Are they, and it's in front of you, so it's in front of you everywhere you go. It's the default everywhere. And it controls 90% of the search market, which is obviously domination, What are the odds that the average person, the average user, not somebody like you and me who would know that there are even other options than fucking Google, what are the odds that they're going to know about them, let alone seek them out and use them as their daily search provider? 
My, I would say the odds are about zero. It's about as close to zero as you can imagine. And this is like the most technicality-based, we don't force people, I think I've seen. If you're going to spend all that money to make sure it's the default everywhere, not just in your own products, but in your direct competitors' products in the mobile market, and that and then amounts to as much money for Apple as it does, fuck me. They're hand-in-hand skipping off into the fucking sunset together making their money, while controlling basically everything. That doesn't sound like there's much of a choice to be had, even though technically, if I wanted to go use DuckDuckGo right now, I could go use DuckDuckGo. But it's not being put anywhere. And nobody's going to know about it. And if you went to your mom and dad and said, yeah, I googled some shit today. It's a literal fucking verb in the English language now. I googled some shit. You don't say, I DuckDuckGo'd some shit. You say, I googled some shit. If you went to your mom and dad and said, hey, have you ever heard of DuckDuckGo? They're going to be like, what the fuck is DuckDuckGo? Is that like a new Chinese restaurant downtown? <laughs> DuckDuckGo. So what's your take on that? What do you think of Google's defense of we don't, we don't, uh, you know, we, we, we don't force people to use our shit. They just choose to use Google. Well, I mean, I mean, technically they don't force anybody to use their <laughs> shit. I mean, if you if you want to get technical, I mean, they're right. That's what they're doing. They're like they're they're like the most the most you know the best kind of right, technically right. Yeah, I mean, they're technically right. Um, I That's mean, Google's <laughs> Google's Google has earned this position. So, like, or bought it? No, I don't. I well, don't. They're nec- buying it with Apple, literally, well, to the tune I mean, of eight to twelve billion a year. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's marketing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I get it, but like, this isn't just that's not marketing though. That's like that's actually just a straight up business partnership. They're not paying them to put ads on on. Well, they are. Well, they are. They're 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 marketing themselves. They're using another platform to market Google. I mean, it's it's literally marketing. Uh, It's 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 no different than NordVPN using paying us to promote their product on our podcast uh we don't talk about any other vpn here we just tell people about the great use of nordvpn and we don't talk about the others um and they pay us not to talk about the others um it's similar obviously it's on a much larger scale um you know uh but i i i'm i'm kind of i they definitely have a monopoly i mean that's that's a hundred percent. There ain't no denying that whatsoever. They have a monopoly uh, on the search engine market. Um, but I also believe that they got there organically. Um, they're just they're they're just forcefully um, paying to keep it. That's the way I look at it. I mean, you're right. Google is a verbiage, and. I'm going to be frank, duck, duck, goose, or whatever the fuck the thing is called. Or, <laughs> or I was or, just using it as, an, as yeah. an example, like an alternative. Yeah. Or bling or, or bing or bling. whatever. Microsoft oh, bling. I, I would use, I would use, so I would use Microsoft uh, bling. Bing you know, is some shit, but bling? Internet Explorer, uh, <laughs> you know, Yahoo. I mean, let's keep it a hundred, man. Their search engines suck. They're not as good as Google. They're just not. Um, I know of other search engines and I don't use them not because my 
my iPhone is defaulted. Actually, my, my iPhone's not even defaulted to Google. It's uh, defaulted to um, Safari. Well, that's the browser. It's not the search engine. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, but when I'm searching, it's it doesn't even search on Google. It searches on, like, whatever this fucking thing is. Um, like, if I want to go to Google, I actually have to go to Google and then search from there. Um, yeah, I'm not disputing the fact that they that they ain't got a monopoly. They do. Um, <laughs> but they are they do they do kind of have a point you know people choose to use google and the reality is if they weren't even paying apple to be there people at this point are using google they're just googling stuff google google my grandmother knows what google is my grandmother does not know what any other search engine is. I guarantee you that. I think the uh, concept would be if that is in fact the case and nobody would have a problem with that, then the the business deal is superfluous and only adds to the air of of they might have come up to domination like as they would have in the early 2000s yeah. organically. And yeah. then they took the money and they took that organic domination and reinforced it to the point yeah. of proper monopoly where if they had just left it, like if but you were like, they, why would they though? That's the thing. Like, because, well, they? well they would because, because legally eventually this was going to happen. Like you can't, you sure, like eventually fucking dollars. I mean, who gives a, like who gives a fuck? Like eventually you know? somebody's going to come in and bust you up. I mean, it's why they created alphabet as an umbrella company to have all of their shit so that they could separate it out and not be called out for monopolistic shit. But it was going to come for them anyway, one way or the other is that, is that there are limits for reasons in terms of but who else practices. is going to who else is going to come out and what you know make it make it's not about like it. so if google is the best and everyone's using google which at this point they could never market google ever again and conceptually they wouldn't have to yeah right so that but yet they despite that they're still paying north of 10 billion dollars a year to be on apple and be its default which, which means a, to which them just small peanuts to them, right? Like if you looked at their at how much money Google is bringing in, well, if, eight to twelve billion dollars is such a small amount of money. Well, they're doing one hundred and forty ish billion, and so they're taking they're taking you know eight percent of that, dumping it into Apple, which which amounts to Apple's twenty percent of total profit. I mean, we're that's that's not small peanuts. That's not like one percent of their shit. On both sides, you're talking about a monstrous chunk of their revenue going in and out of for that specific partnership. Not because Google apparently has to, because it's in the vernacular of every person on earth, but because they're reinforcing and want to keep that position, and they have the money and no other... And that's where it, it becomes antitrust or anti-competitive in that nobody else can feasibly pay $12 billion a year to try and be defunded faulted to claw into what Google already has, even though we can all agree that obviously also because they make so much money, they can afford the best fucking engineers and programmers on earth to reinforce that they are the best engine. 
but they're that's what they're not going after them because they're the best. They're going after them because they're within any market in business wise. You have to put the brakes in in places to make sure that there is room that say if somebody did come up and miraculously did better than Google that there is room for them to even have a hope of breaking into the market instead of Google just spending the money they already have to keep people out of the market. Because that's no longer competition, that's just actually Google spending the money they have to make sure they have no competition, which is why it's an antitrust case in the first place. Yeah, I, I just don't agree with any of it, personally. But that's just me. Uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to fault somebody for their success and their, and their... Well, nobody's their, faulting Google for the success. Well, they're, they're faulting them for, for wanting to keep the success at the level that they're keeping it. And, you know putting in so you don't have a problem with people taking taking the money in from the position that they have and spending it not to just improve their product to maintain the position but to literally block others from entry to market yes okay i do okay yeah i mean if they've earned if they earn a position they can get as aggressive as they want to keep that position it's not like amazon don't have the money to go up against them it's there's there's several companies reality is is the big dogs just don't even want to get into the business you know why because google crushes it nothing to do with the money is everything to do with you are not going to compete with google at this point it's just it's just really that simple you could give a company a trillion dollars and say hey go go and attack it guess who's winning Google, Google's going to still win. They're still going to beat your ass and you better be damn right about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of people crying that, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, capitalist motherfuckers. Hey, people. Uh, I mean, these that- are Republicans in, in office that are, that are sparking this up and Democrats both that are both wealthy. And these are the people that literally just gave trillion dollar tax cuts to the wealthy. So I don't think it's necessarily a bunch of poor people whining about rich people here. This is, uh, nobody's, <laughs> this saying, is- nobody's saying it's poor people whining about rich people, but it's, it's a system that's just trying to say, Hey, yo, um, we like your success, but Hey, can you cool it down on your success? And in my, and, and, and in my eyes, the answer is no. Why don't you just innovate a little bit more? But that's what, that, but nobody, that's the point. Nobody, that's the point is that you can wants to innovate because of money. The reality is nobody wants to innovate because they don't want to go up against what Google has built and Google, but people are just, going up against Google. Who, who? There ain't nobody. Microsoft's dumped years into trying to make Bing a competitor. Garbage. It's dog shit. It runs. But that doesn't. That's not the point. That's not the point, Jeff. But it doesn't change. Even if they advertise their garbage, it's still worse. But it's not about. It's not about the product being better than Google. It's about the fact that you just said nobody's trying, but they are trying to do that. The idea is that even if somebody did come up and actually had a competing product from a technical perspective to Google, yeah, but they don't. If they did, Google in their current state is using antitrust ways around suppressing them from even being in the market before they could be proven before before we get into this argument let somebody come up with an actual search engine that can compete or is as good or better as google then we have this conversation until then it's fairy tale land it's fucking fairy tale land but it's not fairy tale land about what they're using their money for dick it's garbage period you could dump 90 billion dollars a year and have Apple push the fuck out of the garbage. 
And ain't nobody gonna use it over Google. They're just not. It's garbage. But that's not the point of antitrust. The antitrust is there the for protecting it. Adam, I know what the fuck the point is. You're not listening to my argument. They're they're coming up with a scenario that doesn't exist. Nobody is going up against Google because nobody can create what Google has created. It's not even worth their time, let alone their money. It's just not. So that's why. And they're making it seem like the reason why nobody's going after them is because they can't afford to do it. The reality is they don't have the tech. They don't have the the decades of experience and infrastructure to go up against Google and also change the minds of the public in the process, even if they did, which they don't. If they did, then you could start to have some sort of argument where you go, hey, listen, NVIDIA or or AMD here has got a better graphics card or one that is comparable to NVIDIA, and it costs less money, and it's pretty much as good. Now, if Intel was out there spending eight, nine gajillion dollars a year forcing people to use their products and make it so that AMD has, can never show their amazing product to the masses. Then we're talking about a monopoly here and an issue. But the thing is, is AMD just made a great product. No one gave a fuck about AMD. There was a small corner of people that were championing AMD. But you know what happened? They created an actual product that can go up against the competitor, and thus now they're actually having traction. That's what happens when you start to innovate and create actual competition. Intel wasn't doing what Google is doing, though. Here's the thing. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Well, it does matter. Otherwise, it's not a comparison. If they're not doing the same thing, Dude, so you can't, no, you're no, not no, making no, no, a, a no, comparison. No, 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 no. I am making the comparison because AMD actually can compete against Intel. Yes, the but Intel, is- if Intel with their position, which was like 90% of the market, if Intel was doing what Google was doing and paying, they which did. They, they, did. they did, they did, and then AMD Ish. actually made products. And they fucking, now they're actually put bending them over and fucking them raw. You just went over it for 20 minutes. They, Intel, literally, you didn't see AMD shit. It was Intel plastered everywhere. Every computer you bought, Intel, everything was Intel. I didn't even fucking know what AMD was until like 10 years ago. It, it, and at that point, you're like, it's just a budget. Intel literally was doing what Google's doing. Unfortunately, AMD actually sat down and made products. And made great products. And now it's speaking for itself. The problem is, in this specific case, no search engine can literally do anything close to Google. And since that is the case, you can't even make the argument that Google is only continuing to be as successful as they are because they have a monopoly. The thing is, you could wipe Google off the face of the earth and ain't nobody going to know any search engine to go to. And when they do, they're going to go, what the fuck is this? This is hard garbage. I want Google back. Not because I'm missing out on something amazing that I just didn't know about because uh, Google was was pumping $8 billion into Apple every year. That's not it at all. It's the fact that their product is just so far superior on multiple scales. That it isn't even competition at this point. So what happened? So to your point here about Intel, the comparison with Intel and AMD. So here's here's a bit of a of a 
some irony here is that Intel partially did in the laptop market and to a degree the like uh, the third party like the the HP Omen the 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 Alienware pre-built PC gaming PC market actually paid OEMs to not to block AMD processors from being included in those SKUs. And then Intel got taken to court and fucked in the ass for doing it for the same reason why Google going to Apple and spending a 10% of their yearly income I do that making up 20%. I, 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 it's totally re- regular to spend 6, 8, 10, 12, yes. and in some cases, yes. all but, of your profits. Yes, on, in, yes. Into, into, and not only that, not only that, is all the products that people like with Apple and all this other stuff, uh, uh, another big part of their success is because of Google. It's not like they just buying up a whole bunch of, of, of users. They already own the market. It's, it's, they are maintaining, they're staying in the, in the public's eye. And here's the thing. We don't even, it's not even like they're pulling a Twitch here where every other week we're bitching and complaining about something that Google's or uh, that Twitch is doing. It's not even like they get a bad product. They've got an elite product. I mean, a lot of people complain about Google shit all the time. People are going to complain about everything. You know, the the, the fucking Google signing garbage. But their search engine, when it comes to search engines, it's the goat. It is the absolute goat. And the reason why there is not any significant competition is because people know, why would I get into a fight with Google when they have such a superior product and they have endless amounts of resources to continue to stay at the top, not just to buy themselves there because they're already there, but to continue to innovate and create. And it, it's, it's, it's pointless. It's like me trying to go into a market that I have no business in being in. It's not like I'm going to go and start competing at uh, car sales when I don't know fuck all about selling cars. Why am I going to go up against somebody when I go, why wouldn't I spend my time doing something else? That's why I do something else. It's the same thing. Who wakes up one morning and goes, you know what? I'm going to start a fucking search engine. And you know, you want to know where the people that start up the search engine are going to go to look for people? Google. They're going to Google people to actually work on their search engine. Google is... That's search. part of the problem, <laughs> but it's a problem. It's, 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 not, is it, is it though? Is it actually a problem though? Is it? If you understand how much Google as a company controls what people do and do not see on a daily basis because uh, of their position. Here we go. Here we go. I what? mean, come on. I'm I not, mean, I'm not talking fairy say, tales. I mean, can You're say about to talk Twitter. out your ass. We can say this about Twitter. We can say this about Facebook. We can. We can yes. Instagram. Yes. We can say this about any social media platform that yes. there is. Except yes. Google's bigger than all of them. So we could say that literally about anything. And we could take this conversation in 30 different directions. But that's what? part of the problem. Part of this case is that they literally 90% globally. And then they pay as a way to help suppress, not because somebody is likely to come up tomorrow, but Google is actively spending the money to make sure, and in no small way, to make sure that people, even if there was a chance to break in, they get blocked out in the same way that Intel was trying to block out their only major competitor in AMD, 
and then got fucked in court. So odds are, and Google already got fucked in Europe for this shit, for the same, the same shit with their mobile phone division specifically, for forcing other OEMs to put their stuff on their phones. Google got slapped around in court in Europe. Whether or not they get slapped around in court in North America, fuck only knows because they're a North American company. But that's just the reality of it, is that there's a difference between acting within the free market system within the reasons within reasonable uh, striking distance of not being monopolistic. I mean, but we go not, back far I, enough. I get, I get, I get that. But when there's no real competition. But that doesn't excuse the the behavior. Just because there's no competition so, doesn't so mean you can abuse so, that. So they only can get so successful, and then you go, you know what? It's not about guys, being successful. It's about it's about what you're doing to stop other people from having the chance of being stopping, successful. They're not stopping other people. They're advertising their 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 platform. They're not stopping anybody from doing anything. Microsoft, who who is the big who owns. Do we, do we talk about Microsoft and 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 how they own the the uh, the operating system world? Do we do we take do we take Microsoft? What about the other operating systems out there? Well, what a fucking shame, dude! Every computer basically comes with Windows. What what about the other ones? Oh wait, nobody wants to go up against Microsoft because it's it's a it's a it's a voided point. You don't do it. Is that Microsoft's problem? They actually no. got in hot water in the 90s for that exact thing. Well, got taken in court for that, too. Yeah, and look at them now. That worked real well. They still run the entire fucking world. 99% of the people watching this podcast... That doesn't mean on, it's not a problem. I was on Windows. And, and, and what are you going to say? Oh, I wonder how much money Microsoft is dumping in advertisements every year. I wonder how much money Microsoft pays... All these different computer places or free product that they give to, to all these different computer places and, and, and people that package up all this stuff and businesses and everything else and pays them to, get, to push out windows. I wonder. I bet you it's a lot more than 8 to $12 billion and ain't nobody crying. Well, man, if they just didn't spend the money and they weren't just so damn greedy about it, Maybe some other oh, oh, uh, I, um, operating system would come out and, and have a chance. That ain't it at all. That's fucking fairy tale land. Fuck that, dude. I'm not, I'm not on board. They do have a monopoly. I'll tell you that. But it, I'm, I'm actually on the side of Google here. It ain't their fault people want to Google. They've got a superior product. It's the same fucking shit when it comes to Microsoft and their uh, their their OS system. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, we'll find out how the DOJ does and what Google's defense against it is, and uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. We'll keep They'll we'll win. keep tabs on it. They'll win. Big uh, time. They've already lost. There's precedent in Europe, so I don't know if it's Europe as clear cut. A, bro, Europe is a fucking weird place when it comes to this sort of shit. A super fucking weird place. North America, uh-uh, it ain't going to fly. And at most, they might get a slap on the wrist, and they're just going to keep doing what they're doing, at most. Europe and North America, when it comes to the Internet, two totally different beasts and a whole nother different spectrum. Well, nobody, nobody is, gonna th- is nobody's thinking that the DOJ is going to be uh, breaking Google up as a company over this. The idea, the idea is to set precedent for other, at worst, set precedent for practices that 
play into how they are trying to navigate other markets so that monopolies don't become a problem. Because if you don't have court precedent, then it becomes an even messier thing in other markets. I agree. I agree with the whole monopoly thing. I agree that monopolies can be a problem, but it it's an individual basis. You got to look at something for what it really is and the intent behind it and then the potential competition and the other competition, and then you look at it. it you start painting everything with a fucking brush, bro, and it, it's a big no for me, dog. It's a big no for me. If mm. that's the case, Walmarts wouldn't be around. Costco's wouldn't be around. It'd be a very fucking, it'd be a very shitty world to live in. It really would be where everybody's like, hey, I want my finish here. You get too much success. Don't, don't do that. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> to make, make the Walmart argument's a bad one. Walmart is literally a case study in business schools all over the world for, for circumventing just about every law in every country that they operate in. <laughs> It's like what? the wor- it's not even about the co- it's not even 100% about company success. They've literally circumvented laws to get into their positions that they are now, including being the biggest fucking union buster on earth uh yep. in the process and slamming out everyone uh in in any city that they uh they enter into, not just because everyone loves to go and and see the smiley face slapped on their package of fucking USDA grade A you- beef. You and I are very, <laughs> you and I look at the world and the business world in very different things. And I don't, I, I just don't think we'll ever see eye to eye on a lot of, on a lot of things. And that's, that's totally fine. I respect your, your opinion. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even taking anyone's side. I'm just saying it's, it's just, they've, they've circumvented law. I'm not even trying to be, I mean, I, and law made by other rich white dudes. It's, it's rich white dudes circumventing other rich white dudes, except one is trying to keep consumers uh, in mind. And, and privacy laws, and the other one is saying, fuck all of that, and fuck everyone, uh, because I want to make the most money possible, which is fine, and what everyone wants to be able to do, uh, but in late capitalism, shit gets real fucky, because when you get so much money, you get to play by a different set of rules, uh, and, uh, and bend them to your will, which is, I think, where everyone, uh, tends to land on the same page, that when you start bending rules that are in place to protect, uh, the general populace, shit gets a little fucky is uh is the is the idea nobody wants to like hamper somebody's success but if your success comes and a lot of people do a uh, lot of people nobody wants to uh, nobody wants to walk into the room and say okay well you can be successful as long as you're not holding a gun to the back of somebody's head to get there that's the that's the entire concept here is that if everyone's going to go into the same room and all have the exact same opportunity to be successful that's what people want to have it's not it's not it's the equal opportunity versus versus equal outcome shit no, there's a lot of people that would might uh, want equal outcome, but they're fucking loony. But the idea here and why monopolistic shit and, and whatnot is in place legally is to try and provide equal opportunity. That's the difference. Then you have true ability for innovation and success versus uh, what you can sometimes see when companies, especially out of Silicon Valley in the last 20 years, get a little fucking cray cray uh, with their, their big dollars for sure. Either way, Jeff, we got Twitch news to talk about, which is ironically also in relation to rich white dudes who are over the age of 60. The RIAA sent a lovely, which if you don't know what RIAA is, the RIAA is the Recording Industry Association of America. It's the, it's the company that looks out for, well, they're, they're trying to say that they look out for the musicians and artists' uh, best interests, but in reality, it's the record labels. 
<laughs> we're who then with the long arm of 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 their wealth fuck the artists in the ass as much as humanly possible uh and now you're seeing people like uh, kanye try and buy back their masters to get the fuck out of that uh hot garbage but the riaa going toe-to-toe with twitch on this one obviously over the recent issues with dmca takedowns that have been plaguing uh, many people uh, over uh, over the last a couple of weeks, people that didn't apparently heed the warnings that were like back in June of this year or whatever that happened, uh, where Jeff and I had already deleted all of our shit and cut and cut everything in order. Uh, but yeah, it's it's come back around and now. The RIA has put out this letter, both listing Emmett and listing uh, Mr. Bezo at the top. Um, in regards to continued issues that they have uh, with this, specifically pointing out Twitch's recent tool, the soundtrack tool that the, that Twitch put out that said, hey, we've got licensed music, and you can use it, and it's called the soundtrack tool. Unfortunately, it seems as far as the RIAA is concerned, they're not actually properly licensing the stuff that they have in this tool, this soundtrack tool. And so the open letter was partially about that and partially about the fact that Twitch uh, hasn't been uh, swiftly enough taking action on other licensing issues. So, uh, just I'll go over my notes here. So Twitch received a not-so-nice letter from the RIAA uh, and other music partners. So not just the RIAA, but a couple of others. Accusing Twitch of not making use of uh, Sync, which is synchronization licensing, uh, which is mostly used for video, meaning literally synchronizing audio to video uh, for that purpose. And mechanical licenses, which is uh, mechanical licenses audio only in that, uh, in that instance. Uh, for its soundtrack tool just recently released, as well as not responding to takedown notices quickly enough. This is partially spurred on by the post-COVID world uh, on Twitch, where uh, many music live streams have become more commonplace and popular. So we've seen a lot of actual artists doing sets on Twitch, for example, uh, and not all of these artists actually technically own their own license to do their own music live like this. And so that is also part of this, uh, this letter. They claim that Twitch appears to do nothing in response to the thousands of notices of music infringement that it has received, nor does it currently even acknowledge that it receives them, uh, as it has done in the past. They're not wrong. To this point, as much as this is watching two people that that nobody really likes, as far as content creators go and musicians go, nobody... Nobody likes how either of these companies or, uh, or bodies, uh, legal bodies are operating here, but it, this is, they're not wrong up to this point. So Twitch responds with uh, a, a, a kind of a not very in-depth response, but they re- basically respond with the statement that they are proud of their soundtrack tool, and they say that it is in fact fully licensed, and Twitch removes all DMCA-noticed content as quickly as possible as legally required. And then, in a weird case of telephone tag via releases on publications, the RIAA CEO responded to that response. Apparently they couldn't just call each other and have this conversation. They had to have this conversation through, like, the fucking Ars Technica. He responded to that by saying, Twitch's shifting of its responsibilities 
Uh, well, he, he said that, it, uh, saying that it failed to answer anything that the letter actually proposed. And then followed up with this, I've got this quote here out of that response. Twitch's shifting of its responsibilities to artists who use the platform is certainly not in the, uh, is certainly not the act of a company that genuinely wants to partner with creators. Um, they're, they're basically targeting here the fact that Twitch has been off-putting all of the legality, all of the, um, the DMCA shit all on creators, whether it's a musician on Twitch or if it's a streamer of, of other content on Twitch, Twitch has been shouldering all of that or or not shouldering all of it, but putting it on the shoulders of content creators (laughs) and taking no action themselves. True. They're not wrong. They're it's really, true. they're really like, they, and there's, and they're not, it's not even like they're half, you know, like sometimes you expect them to like use a half truth to make up like a much worse sounding scenario. They're not mm. even doing that because Twitch is, Twitch is giving them the opportunity to just call them out for doing what they're doing, which is everything that they just listed. So Twitch hasn't responded yet again. I don't suspect they will. Um, but that is the, uh, a major issue. One, I find it hilarious to me. That Twitch's own, like, solution to creators getting DMCA notices in their soundtrack tool is in itself being labeled by the very people that they're trying to avoid in the first place as not properly licensed. And then passing that on to creators who are using it who are now still experiencing problems using the tool that's supposed to not cause any problems. And Twitch ultimately still, despite it being their own tool, putting all of the responsibility on the creator. I find it crazy. I can't even begin to fathom the situation. We discussed this last week, and I still don't have, you know, despite thinking about this more, especially with this RIAA letter, I don't have a reasonable thought is in terms of why Twitch has been taking this stance and why they refuse to actually truly take up the mantle other than they simply don't want to do the work. That's all I can come up with. They are within their legal rights of passing the blame, not the blame, but passing the responsibility onto the creators. They can do that because it's in their user agreement. So when you're using Twitch and you agree to that, you agree to taking on the responsibility of the DMCA stuff. So like, uh, from a technical standpoint, they're in the clear. But it's a really shitty stance to take and a really shitty solution that ironically is not even solving it for themselves. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've already talked about it last week. I... I- I I'm 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 dumbfounded by the whole the whole situation. Um you know, other platforms like YouTube have things in place so that people aren't getting kicked off their their own platform and losing their live potentially losing their livelihoods. Now that hasn't happened on Twitch yet. Um it's coming. You know, it's it's coming. Uh and and I don't know who's going to be the first fallen uh streamer but once one happens i think reality is going to sink in for a lot of streamers Mm. um but it hasn't happened i shouldn't say it hasn't happened on youtube you just don't really hear about it because you know volume strikes but you know it it yeah that too um 
I don't know why Twitch does not pay engineers to come up with a solution uh, to to help out their creators so that creators feel safe, so that creators have an an opportunity, not only when uh, there's a claim on their channel, but potentially when there's one that doesn't warrant a a proper claim, Um, being able to fight or or, um, dispute an issue. Um, it doesn't seem like Twitch is all that interested in doing exactly what Rhea said, and that is uh, making it basically content friendly. I mean, Twitch Twitch used to be all about its creators and community. Now Twitch is all about profits and cutting corners. And listen, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, I'm, I just I just debated with you about profits, and I have no problem with Twitch making money. I mean, now Twitch is is rolling out some beta shit for celebrations, which huh. is donating to a streamer. 50% cut on take, that. And they take 50% <laughs> of a donation. This is where Twitch is at. Twitch would rather roll out something that takes away from their content creator instead of facing this issue dead on and if they are making it publicly known that we're doing this and it's very clear that it is not the case judging from the fact that we just are now only being able to delete our clips on the back end uh you know it's still basically impossible to do anything and have any type of customization for your vods it's it's you can't even you know, really see all of your clips still. Yeah, and 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 you know Twitch exactly, exactly. And Twitch uh you know is 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 more interested now in in showing the the numbers for your vods so that you're you're actually seeing individual views on your vods uh including the live views on there. And the reason why they're doing that is because it's just another way for them to market Another way for them to package up to sponsors and say, listen, this is how much this person is getting. You know, it's all, this has nothing. I'm telling you, this has very little to do with improving the streamer's experience on the, on the site and has almost everything to do with fattening the pockets of, of Amazon Twitch. I have. I even have. A, I'm. I'm pretty soon gonna have a hard time calling Twitch Twitch. I'm pretty much gonna have to call them Amazon Twitch, like we call Blizzard Activision, because it isn't the same. It's not the same. And you know, I so know. So what's your Rhea, take? I, so we we know about Rhea's shit. What's your take on the on the in that in this thread? Just to to branch off into something we didn't talk about last week. What is your take on the celebrations thing? Oh, you don't even want me to talk about that. I, I absolutely want to talk about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> I one hundred and fifty-five thousand percent want to hear. I will. I will tell you right now. I didn't even. I didn't even read too deep into it. Well, because, what's there to read into? Yeah, <laughs> they're announcing they're doing basically sticking it next to the follow button, even underneath the video, for fifty percent cut on a tip. Well, you know what? Years ago, we joked that they'd be dumb enough to do this shit at some point, but we all then we were like, nah, 
Nah, they would never get away with it. Nobody would fucking let that go. And in the year of our Lord 2020, here we are. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how this will get greenlit. Because they're going to come up with this. I have people, an idea. People are going to lose their people are going to lose their minds. All right, streamers are going to start losing their minds, and they're going to there's going to be some serious some serious repercussions for some of this some of this asinine thinking because it's bad. It's real. Listen, we have already Twitch. You have already successfully converted people into gifting subs which in turns takes away from direct support. And you know what? I've come to appreciate it because it creates a sense of community. It creates a va- value for the viewer to give. Uh I get it. And I can deal with that. And I've I've participated and I have I have been it's been a big part of my stream and it's been great. Okay. What just, I still just, a, just a question before you go any further. Do you know your percent split on what's uh, on how many of your conversions are like real subs versus what's gifted at this point in an average month? Um, I can I can check on the back end. It'll tell me like how many are gifted and how many are tier one, tier two, tier three. Yeah. Um, but I I I have a very like I'm in the top thirty for gifted subs on Twitch. Yeah. Um, as a channel, so I do very well in that department. Now, would I do as well if those were all donations? I would do better financially, but I'm not sure I'd actually get that much in donations. Um, so there is value there. Um, Twitch has found a way with the with the sub trains and the you know enough bells and whistles that we were doing as content creators before them, and they've just found a way to to penetrate that that part of the market, and they've done it well. So I, I'm I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I've I've turned around. I've come around on the gifting of subs thing because I've I see the value. But but with a huge but going directly after donations and solicitating um the extra money that a that a streamer would make from building a connection and building the rapport and putting in the work with a viewer and them not only not only promoting a donation but calling it a celebration and then putting it bam face there uh with another you know purple button it is that is very that is that is like it's it, it, it's 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 almost it, it's it's like doing a good job and somebody coming around you know you 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 you're you're given a a donation or or in some people like to think of it as a tip right it's like somebody coming around and your boss and going hey give me half that and then you ask yourself well what exactly did you do to earn that because I'm the one out here putting in these hours and you're already making a large amount of money off me every month, not only from ad revenue, subscriptions, 
whatever other grand scheme of things, because it's not just what I do individually. It's also what we do as a community collectively, because Twitch is able to go out and get their own sponsorship deals and things from the backs of the content creators that are creating content. They're able to package these things up and, you know, get bigger numbers and or uh, give bigger numbers to get bigger uh, to bigger uh, stuff um, deals. My my issue is, is they are coming over the top and trying to get in the in in the face of the viewer to give to them before they give to me. And I think that's a problem, um, especially when they're adding no real value. If you're going to call it a celebration and you're going to make little twinkles on the on the stream and you're going to shake my camera a little bit or something and say celebration and so that 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 is insulting where you are going to have donation amounts already laid out like a little package for the viewer to click on and give and have half of what they give go to Bezos and not the streamer. Now, if Twitch came and said, listen, if you if you put this thing on your page, we're going to go ahead and give you better CPM rates. We're going to give you a better split with subscriptions. Uh, we're going to do, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out a way for this to make financial sense for me to actually opt into this. And I don't even know if it's something that will be you'll you'll be able to opt in or opt out. I don't know if this is going to be if you're a partner, you have the celebration thing on there. What happens if you're not a partner? Are you going to slap this on there? They don't have a sub button, but they have a celebrate button. Are you going to promote that instead of having 100% of the proceeds go to a to go to an aspiring streamer, someone that's trying to make a living, trying to trying to get enough to get by? to do this as a full-time career? Are you going to start taking away from their earnings so that you can fatten your pockets? Is that where we're going with this? I don't know. Is it going to get to the point where um, Twitch says, if you're a partner, there's no longer any third-party uh, software, no stream elements, no stream labs, nothing. You want, you want to, you, you, no Patreon links, no, no third-party money-related things, no PayPal links. If you want to earn tips or donations, if you want to earn subscriptions, you have to do it all through us. And the only thing that they can say to the viewer to make them feel as though it's a good thing is that when you when you donate to Twitch, there's the streamer doesn't have to worry about a chargeback. I mean, that that ship has sailed. Do people still fall for that stuff these days? I don't know. That ship has sailed. I like, haven't heard a single person talk about a chargeback in our sphere in years. That that ship has sailed five years ago. That argument sailed a long time ago. So I don't know what Twitch can possibly say or do to convince people that donating to a streamer through celebrations is something that should be uh, celebrated and, and done uh, over direct support. 
Because if you're going to take 50%, say, for example, Jacob here in Twitch chat says, you know what? I really enjoyed this podcast. I don't feel like going to Patreon because I don't really deal with Patreon. I want to sign up and do all this other shit. I'm just going to donate Adam and Jeff 10 bucks. Do we really think that Jacob wants to give five of those dollars to Twitch and then have us split it and then me pay the tax? I mean, by the time it's all said and done here, I mean, shit, even if it was a 70-30 split, the answer is no. The PayPal fees is a little over 2%. And I can basically have access to that money when I need it. And if the odd chance there is a chargeback, which coming from somebody that gets a fair amount of donations, it's very rare. One in like 300. So uh, I could say a lot of things about this in a much nastier way, but I'm, I'm, ref- I'm, I'm reframing from doing so because at the end of the day, I understand that donations is a very lucrative a, a likely a billion dollar uh, ordeal on, on the streaming world and the amount of money that comes in and out of the hands uh, through stream elements, stream labs, through these third parties, through direct Patreon, uh, PayPal, whatever. And they want to tap in on it. That's all that is. And they managed to tap into it in a semi-creative way with gifting of subs because they're already taking part of that. But they've added a bit of value and a sense of community, and it's gotten better. When it first came out, it was bad. But I'm trying to think what they could possibly do to make anybody want to do that. So I am hoping that if Twitch rolls this out, because sometimes they go shit in beta, and then it just disappears. It's the same thing with this. We're just going to randomly put ads on your stream. Like, who in the right mind thought that that was a good idea? Who in the right mind thinks that advertising a celebration on top of the already gifting of subs is good to take away. We look at what Rhea said here is uh, Twitch is shifting its responsibilities to artists and it's saying that it, 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 it wants to do better for its content creators. You want to take away money from us for your gain. And unless you're able to give us value for that, then why? You can't even make the argument that, well, if this celebration button wasn't there, you would get less donations. You can't even make that argument because I'm going to be frank. What stream elements and stream labs do is a way bigger money generator than whatever Twitch could offer. I'm able to customize the alerts, the sounds. I'm able to make custom sounds and alerts. I'm able to personalize things for viewers. I'm able to put in memes and other things that my community understands and I add value to them so that they, when they give, they get an experience for giving. Twitch is going to shake my screen and put some, some fireworks up there. No, that ain't it. Let me run my stream and let me do me. Don't, don't come into my pockets unless you got some sort of uh, value to give. And from what I'm reading and seeing, there's no value add here. There's no value add. It's just value take. I want a piece of this. I want a piece of that. And it's only a matter of time. I'm telling you, if this gets rolled out, I am telling you within a year period, 
Amazon is going to buy Stream Elements, Stream Labs, and any other thing, and they're going to own the market. And then everything is going to be cycled around them. They're going to buy them all out. And then that way, they're going to force, essentially, everyone to go in and and use their third-party stuff, and they will ban things like Patreon and other uh, uh, things so that the money is staying in their uh, ecosystem. I can see that happening. I am praying to the gods. I haven't even talked about the bits, but bits is basically donations. That's what bits is. The only good thing about bits is when people give bits and they can earn them by watching ads and stuff, which is also a value add. I like that. But the only good thing about bits is we don't take, we don't lose a cut. The, the people buying the bits, they pay Twitch and then they can give the amount they want to give to us. The only bad thing about that is, is they could give more if they weren't given Twitch 20 or 25% of whatever they donate. But now they want to just take 50%. It's basically, hey, bits ain't, bits ain't flying, bro. Bits ain't doing what we thought it was going to do. We ain't making enough money on bits. We need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. And I think that's what's going to, that's, that, that's where, that's where we're at. I hope to God they don't do that because it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for their content creators at all. That's, Here, that's, yeah, that's my point of view in a very nice way. Cause I, I want to say some mean things, um, but I'm not gonna. I will. Fuck them. This is the biggest slap in the face, even to have the idea. Not even to fully implement it, but even to beta this. Tells me everything I need to know about where Twitch is as a company in relation to how it operates with its streamers. Tells me everything I need to know. So fuck you. And fuck everyone that came up with that idea. Go fuck yourself with the biggest cactus you can find. This is, without a doubt, the most aggressive, lazy, uninteresting idea anyone in the streaming business has ever had to take the biggest ratioed cut on the biggest ratio of revenue for a content creator since this industry began a little more than 10 years ago. And there's nothing that even comes remotely close. I see two different avenues for how this is going to roll out if it does make it past the greenlit stage. I hope it don't. This is the this is how I see this. I see this as a possible bait and switch. Okay? They beta this at 50-50. They know people are going to talk about it. And they're going to fucking do what I'm doing right now and telling them to go fuck themselves with something that will literally tear the insides of them apart. They know that they don't really need 50% of tips coming through to make 
tens of millions of dollars a month. They know that. But if they came out and said they were doing this at a more reasonable 15%, people would still be as angry as they are about 50, and they'd have nowhere to go. But, as it stands, they came out at 50, which is obviously ludicrous. That's insanity. But now, if they're going to greenlight it, they're unlikely to greenlight it at 50. They'll greenlight it at, like, 20. Which sounds so much better than 50... Does, which placates yeah. a lot of the people yeah. that were raging about 50. It's not perfect, but it's not 50. This is a, like, one of, like everything else Twitch does, laziest negotiation tactics that exists. It's up there the with foot in the door. This is the play. This is the play, Twitch. You really, you really about your content creators. You really about that life. Come in and say, guys, we're going to add the celebrate button or call it a donate button. You know, don't try it. Don't try and spice it up to be something that it's not because it sounds, it sounds really bad when you've got a donate button on there and half of it's going to Twitch. It just sounds horrible, right? You know, you got to, you got to turn it into experience so that they're paying for, for an experience. The play here is the big dick play. The I've got the content creators back play is, you know what, guys? We messed up. We messed up. We want to make it up to you. You know those chargebacks you are scared of? Or the off chance it does happen? We're going to add a personalized donate button on all of your pages. And we're just going to charge 5%. PayPal is two and a half or three percent, depending on where you're at or whatever. We're gonna charge five, but we're gonna make it easy, simple, in your face. You know, paying that extra couple percent might be worth to have that donate button in front of people's eyes all the time. Your pays are your your the donations are gonna go right on your paycheck. We're gonna do all the processing, all that stuff. We're gonna make it easy for you. So not only are they gonna get a small percentage, they're gonna now get, I mean. There ain't a lot of people that are gonna are, are gonna use your your third party stuff. If they're only gonna take five, I know I'm yapping in. Take my little percent because you're adding value now. You're adding something here. You're you're doing you're 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 actually doing something for your community. If they can do that, if they came out and said we're gonna take five percent, that's it. You'd you still have it, to have a way to customize everything you do with, like we have with third party. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you couldn't just you do. You couldn't just do that. People wouldn't go that route. Because if you're, if you're like, think of bits. The reason why this is happening, like you said, is because bits aren't being as used as much as they wanted it to. Yeah. And you know why? Because there's not very many easy out. ways to customize at bare minimum. Yeah. What's going on? Well, what I'm saying is. I follow what if, you're saying. I agree. If they want to add value, yeah, then all you need to do is say, you know what, guys? We're going to jump in. We're going to add this. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to take a small extra cut because we got to do processing. We, you know, we got bills to pay too. 
it it it's a it's an organic and a and a good way to get in and and take a small piece and you're actually adding value to me the streamer now i can promote your little your celebration stuff with confidence and say you know what somebody just gave me 50 bucks twitch is going to grab their 5% and the rest is going to go right into my paycheck wired into my bank account and then i can have that money next month and everything is all all great in the world but instead 50 50 not zero five. Bro, five, they, they missed the boat on this by about half a fucking decade. If they came in and did this shit and bought out, let's say, back in the day, one of the third party Streamlab. uh is Streamlabs or whatever, uh, you know, Elements. which was which was Stream Elements. You know, they did that five, six, seven years ago. Which would have been a lot less money back then. And then did what you're talking about now and put the button directly on the page and still allowed people to customize on the back end. And really, what does that cost Twitch in the grand scheme of things? Nothing. They would have already bulldozed their way through tens of millions of dollars at this point with not a lot of effort, right? But now that they haven't done that, getting into it now is going to be orders of magnitude more expensive. It's going to be harder to convince the streamers to make use of it and in a in a like nuclear possibility i could see i could honestly see not twitchness but this be an amazon play amazon wants a twitch ecosystem they want everything within the twitch ecosystem and so they're going to put they're going to put a uh, a clamp on what you can and cannot promote 100%. while you are on Twitch. Oh, 100%. So this is like step one. They get this onto the page, but they still allow third-party options. Step two would be, now we're only going to allow Patreon as an option, but no more third-party tip or donation links. The nuclear option will be, no more anything except what we provide you. And I could see all of that within the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this, an idea like this doesn't, doesn't even make the field unless they have a much more aggressive long-term plan. This is, this is the genesis of something that is far bigger in their, in their, in their plan than anything else. With the ads, with this, though the mid-roll ads, the forced, the forced pre-rolls, uh, the fucking the bits, the gifted subs, all of these are like a long-term plan of a Twitch ecosystem to replace everything in a shittier way, but to make money more for Twitch than having it exist outside, which is obviously fine, and they are more than willing, you know, more than more than legally within their rights to do that. It's yeah. just. Uh, a massive waste and a shitty, uh, a, a shitty road to go down. Um, I'm, you know, this is, <laughs> this is, this is not going to be dissimilar. Twitch is going to not be dissimilar to like the whole, um, like the Apple ecosystem thing that we were talking about in that lawsuit that Epic was trying to do with, with, with Apple. We are technically Epic right now. 
where we're making the case that Twitch is abusing their position to further deepen their cuts on the people that are on their platform already giving them cuts in several other ways. And Apple is going to come out and say, or in Twitch's case, going to come out and say, well, you're using our platform and this is what you have to agree to to be here. If you don't like it, you can go to a competitor and it will be full stop and that's the show. That's where we're headed here because Twitch is, like you mentioned before, not the Twitch, and like we've talked about many times before now, not the Twitch of 2011. Twitch is Amazon now, and Amazon is about profit maximization so Jeff Bezos can make another $120 billion in six months. That's what Twitch is becoming. And this is another indicator of the direction that they're taking in order to accomplish that goal. So yeah, it's, it's all about how they, how they proceed. Uh, it's all about for one, can we opt in, opt out of this? That's huge because you can make the argument. Listen, if you can opt in or opt out, then it doesn't really matter. You know, um, let's put it this way. We used to be able to opt in and out of certain ad situations for a, right. for a time. Do we have yeah. that option now? No, that's where this is. will also go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with anything, uh, uh, with anything that you just said, cause it all makes sense. And, and once again, I'm all about Twitch making money. I just need them to want to add value. You got to add value to a streamer. If you really want to wow us, you really want to take the headlines. You really want to do big things. You really want to make it up to people for how you're fucking up this DMCA stuff. Come out and give us that donation button, but give it to us at 5%. That doesn't so make, but in my, their mind, that doesn't make the money, the, the money. And it may, it takes effort. You know, you know do, you're going to make a lot more money taking 5% of donations than what you ever will trying to take 50%. Yeah. Because, they, ain't, because ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't very few people going to be using that because every streamer is going to go, guys, don't you dare celebrate. Every time a celebration comes in, they're going to say, don't do that. Use my link in the description below because you're taking, that's an extra 45%, no, 40, uh, 40, what? 8% gone. Here's the thing though. That, that, that's not going to make a difference. And let me tell you why. When bits first came out, everyone on earth tried to convince the community to avoid using bits. They still use bits. Yeah. Then but gifted nobody subs. It. Nobody. Then, no, yeah, but gifted. Yeah, I understand. Then, yeah. Biddies, biddies. I don't hear anybody going, hey, guys, hook a brother up with them biddies. You know what I mean? There, It isn't something that is, is is really pushed by streamers. Hence why the celebration button wants to come. You know, if it was uber successful, then it'd be a different story. Then we get subscription gifting right subscription gifting comes out and while like you said you've grown accustomed to it and it's become part of your stream and your community myself included and many other people when it first hit had to remind people that if it really depends on on what level of support you're looking to give a streamer and what you're looking to get out of it because the average viewer that is tipping or sub-gifting, 
Most of them just think the streamer is getting all of it regardless of how they do it. And well, we are for, for, for bits. For bits, yes, but yeah. not for gifted subs. We're getting it at the rate that we would get otherwise. Yes. Well, I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think people. I. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think the the masses because think that even. Uh, well, but even if that's the case, that even proves their point all the same. Is that they know then if the viewers do know that the 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 streamer is not getting a hundred percent of the money that they're putting in, that they know the viewer doesn't care, on average, to a point where. They can put out a system like this and have a big cut of 20%, 25%, and people will use it because it's convenient and there, and it's part of the Twitch ecosystem. They don't have to click away from the page to go do the shit. Yeah. yeah. People will do it. And it doesn't matter how much as a streamer you tell them. I could tell, I could tell my community who is one of the most, like, on ratio greatest fucking giving communities on earth yours the same and you could tell them hey guys if you are looking to support me specifically and you want me to get the most the maximum benefit i still get people asking me what's better a gifted sub or a direct donation i got like five of those questions in the last seven days that tells you that people don't know And they go ahead with the gifted subs. But the reality is, if you give me $5 and it's going through a tip, I'm getting $4.96. Yeah. The only way that it's better is the, the, what I always tell people is this, is if you are, if you've got, you know, money, money to give. Gifting subs is great as long as, and it's usually because there's a percentage. If you gift one sub and then that other person pays it forward, they got that pay it forward thing, or or they resubscribe after they get started. Because sometimes people just need a little push. You know, once, once somebody I would say gifted, my conversion on that is under 3%. I would say I honestly would say mine's pr- mine's probably between eight and ten percent right now. I would say, uh, which is which is pretty good. Um, some months are better than others, uh, but I'm also part of a community like the 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 RP community is very been been trained to be subbed. Um, you know the the RP community is is the 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 sub to the view count. Uh, ratio is very very high. It's it's higher than most, uh, than than most sort of things. Because they're watching uh, for like eight hours at a time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so you know, uh, I guess we're a little bit of an an anomaly because you know uh, I'm speaking on mine, but you know, a channel like yours where where you you've got your diehard fans, um, you know, I'm I I would be far likely to convert a first time viewer into a sub than what you would. Uh, yeah, when they first come in, yeah. and it's it's just the the nature of the it's nature of RP. It's the nature of RP, and you're yeah, in yeah. front of so many people, and they've seen your character on in many different scenarios. You're part, you're part of you. somebody else's show that you're uh, that they're also likely sub to, and exactly. it just feeds off of itself because exactly. it's it's like watching a a TV show spread across like five different feeds. 
it's like a spin-off yes. show. You know yeah. what I mean? So it kind of feeds into its all. Exactly. So we're a bit of an anomaly in that in that point. But what I'm saying is is why I think the gifting of subs is value is because when a viewer and they're not all like this, but the majority of them are. But say even eight percent, five percent, resubscribe after getting gifted once or pay it forward. That one gifted sub pays it is more is worth more than the initial five dollar donation. If that makes sense. So like. If somebody were to say, yeah. I've got five dollars to spend, should I gift the sub or should I give five bucks? I always would say gift the sub because you're giving another person an experience and you're you're adding to the community, you're giving back to the community. I still get some money. Like I'm not no greedy pig. Like I don't need every fucking cent. You know what I mean? Uh I'm still getting paid. But then there's the off chance that that person will resub. Or that person will gift the sub, which in turn will be more than that initial five dollars. So you know, um, that's that's what I would say. But when it comes to the bits, when it comes to the celebrations, then yes. Or if people just don't want to give money to Twitch at all, then of course just donate. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain when somebody gives money. Period. I'm just not going to complain. No, it's uh, just that I, from complain. I actually will complain. Yeah, if somebody's celebrating. And it's starting, like, I do never, ever want to see a celebration train going. You know what I mean? Because every time someone drops $100, 50 of it's going to Twitch. That's a no for me. That's a that's a no. Unless, unless they come up with some sort of system where we're getting, like, hey, if so many celebrations come in, your, 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 your sub, your, your, your uh, sub ratio goes up. Your split. If you if you reach a, a a certain bar of celebrations in a month, it 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 unlocks you to earn more per sub, or puts you in a, an elite category for uh for for CPM rates, or um you you get a certain sponsorship. I, I none don't know. of that would ever pay off better than just getting. I don't think so, I don't think so either. No. I don't think so either. But once again, I, I I don't know. I'm just shooting the shit off top of my head. I, I'm I'm just going with it, but the way it stands now, I think everybody on Twitch, every single streamer, all of them, will agree. Taking fifty percent is a no-no. You want to do five percent, bro? You're gonna win over so many fucking streamers. It ain't even funny. You're if you also over- still make it like customized, like you still like the the yeah. the integral thing here is that if you're gonna try and replace it at all, yeah, you have to at least bare minimum. Yeah. Meet the standard that everyone else is already using, or or you're not going to win support. I I agree, I agree. But I think if they if they started, if they if they wanted to get this out and they implemented it, and they still made it so that you could use third party, I think you win over everybody, and you can opt in, opt out. You win over everybody at five percent. At ten percent, you still make a small case. You still make a small case. If at 10% you can add some extra value that stream elements and stream labs cannot do, you win everybody over. Anything above that, no, you don't. And you're going to make so many millions of dollars, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars a year, that and, and everybody's going to be singing to the tune of like celebration train, baby, let's go. And look at the way that streamers promote gifted subs and, 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 and Twitch Prime. They need to do that with donations, but give it back to the streamer. Add value. 
everybody wins. But if you're going to come in and you're going to say, <laughs> I'm going to take 50% of that and we're going to do it a lot worse than the third parties, nobody's going to like that. And that's, that's just facts. So I'm, and I think you're on the, I think you're, you're right. They're going to come out and they're going to say, yeah, 50 was too high. Maybe it's 70, 30, maybe it's 80, 20, you know, they're going to, they're going to come up with some, or maybe the Twitch gods will listen and they'll say, you know what, if we aren't prepared to actually give extreme value, we need to go and rethink this and we'll revisit this in another year, two years. And maybe the industry has changed enough, or maybe they've bought out stream elements or, you know, I, I, if they want to go spend some money. Go buy out stream elements. Go buy out stream labs. Buy them out. And then and then work in your ecosystem there. Why not? I don't know. It seems I'm sure they'd get them relatively cheap. I mean, they they've, they've I mean, uh, look. Twitch hasn't made any particularly smart moves in a long time. So, it does not shock me then that this would be the case. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's, um, their acquisitions they've made in the past have, have turned into nothing. I mean, the like Twitch app on the desktop is a fucking joke. Like why yeah, that, even, was a, that was like curse voice. I why, think, yeah. Right? Like why they even went that route is like beyond me. I, I can't even like when, when the most obvious buy is literally just taking out like Streamlabs or some shit and calling it a fucking day. And they, if they did that years and years and years ago, way cheaper. Now they're forking over big fucking money. Oh, huge money. Big fucking money to make that happen. Huge bigger money, bigger than they're probably going to ever spend. Because to them, again, I cannot stress this enough. If there's one thing that Twitch is at least intelligent enough to understand, it's that for the majority of viewers, they aren't going to think about the cuts. They're not going to think about any of that shit. Man, that blows my mind. They know that that's yeah. the case. If you look at how much money, I'll use meat as an example again, and I'm not everyone, but I'm, I would say that I probably am, am representative of the majority of people on the platform. The amount of money that I have made on Twitch since gifted subs has become a thing is down about 25 to 30% because of how much converted Twitch gifted subs moved away from direct tips. I've lost yeah. 25 to 30% of my income on a year. Makes sense. It makes sense. And if you don't have a large audience, then that snowball and that that hype effect and and the the like the you organic- you need to be and even then like outside of the RP community, it's just that it's it, like that the organic effect, if you went and looked at the numbers, the conversions for people re-upping on subs and shit is minuscule. It's tiny. It's really tiny. I've got one dude on my stream. Uh, I've got a couple people that gift lots, but the one that comes to mind, Sarcasm Kid, who is 670-some gifted subs at this point. Every time I'm streaming, if there's a single person that says one thing in chat and they're not a sub, all of a sudden they're a sub. And of 670-plus subs, off the top of my head, I can think of like four that have actually converted to keeping their own sub. There are people that sarcasm has floated in the community long enough that they have six-month badges. And they never spent a dollar. So, they know, Twitch is a company, 
that they can do this, and really the people that are going to get upset with them and make up the big stink are the streamers to them and on social media. But there are tons of people that aren't so interactive on social media looking at everything a streamer says on there complaining about that shit. They're just watching shit on Twitch. We're talking tens of millions of people. And on that volume of them not knowing, and they just get involved, and they're not thinking about it, yeah. they're just going to do it. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're Twitch and you're playing the fucking percentages there, who fucking cares? They just take it. They're only, they're only down, like downside to that specifically would be if, if eventually people legitimately leave the platform for another platform because of what they're doing. Yeah. And I'll be fucking honest with you. If they come out with this at 50% and they're not making it opt in after like the first six months or some shit, they just say, all right, everyone gets it now. If you're, if you're a partner or if you're an affiliate, as long as they have an opt in opt out button. They can do. There will be people that 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 will start to strongly consider their position those, on the platform. Those Facebook offers are going to look are going to look better and better and better. That YouTube where where Doc has been making more money there than he ever did on Twitch is going to look better and better and better. And the moment you get more bigger mid-tier and upper streamers moving over, the more that that will convince smaller streamers that even though it should be the reverse logic where they'd be better going over before the big streamers, it will convince them to do the same. Yeah. And this, of all the features they've ever come out with that would push people away from the platform, this would be number one. Yeah, I mean, if they if they come in and put a celebrate button on everybody's thing and say you're forced to do this and we're taking fifty percent, ooh man, it's this. Well, it'll be it'll be a three hour podcast just on that. Let's put it that way, and there'll be tons of streamers back on Twitter, yeah. on Twitch, on everywhere, just blasting these guys. I mean, blasting. It will be. It'll be fucking Ragnarok, bro. Yeah. Speaking of blasting people, I'm going to put Atlas on blast for being stupid again. Atlas, the fine makers of the Persona series and other uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, video games over the years, as we talked about, I think, briefly in the past, they were putting out a, uh, an SMT3 Nocturne HD remake. And as they've done with the other Persona releases as of late, as in 5 and then Persona 4 Golden as they've released... They have a really nice and tight specific list of what content creators and video game uh, publish, uh, uh, content publishers like video game reviewers and previewers, etc., etc., can actually do with video content or picture content. Mm. It's only Atlas that ever does this. And it would be Atlas that does this shit because they're just fucking stupid. They don't, they like to look a gift horse in the mouth. They've got all these super hyper niche video games that sold like a handful of copies 17 years ago. And now like millions and millions and millions and millions of people are looking to line up and play them because people streamed it and played it on YouTube. And they still refuse to let go of this shit. They are Nintendo, but worse. And so here is their recent one for this 17 year old video game. I cannot stress enough, this is almost, this is older than some of our viewers, this video game. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do we have any, like, 17-year-old? I feel like we're, gonna, we're skewing older now. 
I'm, I'm sure we probably have at least a couple. We have probably have a couple. <sighs> Distribution. Listen, were, they were like five or six years old when this game came out, right? <laughs> they, were, they were starting school. There you go. Distribution guidelines. All right, hold on. Let me get this right here. Using or distributing images or videos of this game on online services is only permitted for personal use. When posting content that relates to the story like an event scene, don't take away the enjoyment of other customers. Please clearly indicate that story content is included. And now we're into the copyright notice request. Posting and delivering content is allowed at the condition that the copyright holder is clarified. Copyright Atlas, copyright Sega. Precautions. Please do not reuse others' gameplay footage. Please do not reuse con- or release content that is only music data like BGM for purposes that are only for listening to it. Please refrain from using sites and services that require payment to access, uh, access browse or browse as they can be considered for commercial purposes. Please do not act in any way to slander a third party, including a specific player. If there is a request from us, regardless of the reason, please stop releasing videos immediately. Additionally, we may delete videos and suspend live streams that we deem inappropriate. We may not be able to answer any inquiries regarding the reasons for this, so please be forewarned. Regarding videos, we do not make any guarantees whatsoever when it comes to infringing the rights of third parties. Additionally, we will not indemnify any damage or conflict with third parties that arise as a result of the distribution of such a video. Rip. Sometimes, sometimes you just, you have to wonder if people just hate money. Yes, some people... They just, like, they just, they don't want to make any money. Free money. You it's almost gotta, like people just don't know how to make money anymore. It's crazy. You got a game nearly two decades old. This shit's coming up on being able to buy porn and drink alcohol. And you're going to come out with a laundry list of ways in which people can't distribute video and audio content to drum up more hype for a game that really originally might have played to 250,000 people. And now you're taking it away, possibly selling many more multitudes just based because you don't want people to get spoiled the way that you think that, like, as if people weren't going to go out of their way to watch videos knowing that they were going to get spoiled in the first place. You're fucking crazy. So, Atlas, once again, you missed the net. Try and try and get that shit back in under wraps. Uh oh, oh, Mr. Black, you were almost right, but it's still coming out in 2020. Unless they do it again. Cyberpunk 2077. Delayed! December 10th. You were so close. I was close. I mean, it could still happen. You never know. Definitely could still happen. There's a lot of time between now and December 10th, Jeff. Dude, you know, how much good grace does Cyberpunk 2077 really have? Because I have not seen in the history of video game delays and hype around a game where people have been so understanding of delays. Uh, they, they They stopped being understanding on this one. They're getting death threats now. 
Really? Yeah. I mean that that doesn't surprise me, but I mean like <laughs> I'm still I'm still I'm still seeing the majority of people on my t- I actually haven't seen a negative comment about it yet. You know, I've been seeing a lot of it's okay. Listen, take as much time as you need. Uh, you know, greatness, you know, needs to be you know, I, we we appreciate that you're not rushing something out and giving us an incomplete game. I've been seeing tons of that. I've been seeing more of that than I have seen in any game ever that has been super hyped and and have been delayed so many times. I don't know what is it Keanu Reeves? It's got to be Keanu Reeves. I mean, the I don't know how much money they paid Keanu Reeves, but they didn't pay him enough. Because this guy not only, I mean, how do you hate something? Maybe that's what it is. How do you hate something Keanu Reeves part of? Well, it's because it's CD Projekt Red. And so many people ride the dick of this company because of how they handle the Witcher franchise. Mm. That they have a, an enormous amount of positive... I'd say. Of positive press. That, that is taking a lot off the edge of this fourth, you know, fourth delay. That's insane. Uh... Yeah, I look. When I said that there was no way that it was going to get delayed again because it went gold, that's because never in that I can think of not once has a game physically been delayed after it has gone gold. The argument they're making is when you go gold, it means the game is playable from beginning to end and can be and has been certified for distribution and can be sent off to be printing discs. They're turning that term now into, oh, it's not done. We still have between the time that the game goes gold and the release date to make a day one patch because it's 2020 and that's how games work now. So don't take the, it has gone gold as, you know, it's definitely going to come out at that release date. Yeah. All right. That's fucking stupid. So shut the fuck up and never say that again. (laughs) Now you're just fucking digging. Uh, <laughs> like fucking hard. Nobody has ever made that friggin' point ever because it's a stupid point to make. If it goes gold and it's going to print, then people know, like I mentioned last week, it's coming out. It's, it's coming gonna, out. It's going to have a day one patch, but it's coming out on that day. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. And you want to know, it's funny. It's almost like the movie. It's almost like the movie business hype yeah. where they go, Hey, tickets have sold a bajillion over. Yeah. And you know what they you know what they do when they do that? They're basically telling y'all, hop on board or miss the train. Get on. Get that phone on. on. Get on. Get on. Everybody else is getting on. Go buy it. Go get that ticket. You better go do it before they sell out. You want your copy? Check. You better go pre-order. Better go get it in you. Better get advanced tickets. And the movie's going to, what happens? Movie delayed. Oh, what happens? Now the game is delayed. They want to they wanna celebrate all their achievements. They want to hype everybody out. But you don't want to commit and bring out the game when you said it was going to come out, which is specifically the reason why you went gold. And said no more delays. They actually, when it went gold, they said, this is it, guys. No more delays. Until they did. And you know what? Look, 
Look. <laughs> I was almost right. Look. <laughs> I I you know <laughs> It's Corona times, Adam. Give him some cut him some slack, Adam. No, they had nothing to do with it. Uh, look, the, look, I'm already convinced this game isn't going to be nearly as good as people think it is. Um, I don't think it's going to be a bad game, but I don't think it's going to be the game that everyone is hoping that it's going to be. And I think we're going to see a lot of people battling internally over whether or not they want to publicly admit that it's not the game that they were hyping up alongside everyone else for such a long time because they're going to have to justify all of their hype leading into it. And if they suddenly go against that, they're going to feel like they've, they've, you know, it's going to have the, that, the cognitive dissonance. Oh my God, I was wrong. But I can't really admit to myself that I was wrong. This game is going to be a good game, but I don't think it's going to be the savior that everyone thinks it is, with or without Keanu Reeves. And... The, the, you know, nobody should be, rece- be receiving death threats ever, let alone for a game delay, obviously. No. However, the, the, you can't, you can't possibly expect people to react kindly to a fourth delay after you say to everyone it's gone gold, which you know fucking full damn well what people think when you see it's gone gold. Nobody thinks... Oh, there's still a chance because nobody's ever circumvented that shit. And then on top of that, tweet that there's no more delays because it went gold. And now you want to re-fucking state what going gold means? No. Take the L. And be, you know, make your game ready for, to fucking go. Get it out for December 10th. God fucking help them. If they don't get that shit out for the tent, these employees will be working 25 hours a day, eight days a week between now and December 10th with their eyes bleeding, living off of pizza and ramen and air (laughs) to make sure because they know if they go a fifth delay, they have fucked it irreparably. It has to land on the 10th. Has to. And this all comes on the back of them just coming out and having to defend themselves for crunch time, Jeff. And if you mm-hmm. thought the crunch was bad before, oh, they between... Even crunch anymore. <laughs> they I, don't don't... Even know I don't even know what you call it. What goes beyond crunch? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's where they're at. Bro. Listen, I ain't, I ain't buying the game day one anyway, so I don't really give a shit. But I mean, oh man, this is this is gonna be this is this show. is not making it easier for them. Yeah, not making it easier for them the at o- the all. The only way the only way this all comes together is if the game is incredible, and it's if gonna have game, to be like fucking if the game is fucking incredible. Fucking if it comes out and it's a fucking glitchy mess. It is a shit show. I think my it's God. gonna. I think it's gonna be a glitchy oh, mess. My There's gonna be videos God. day one of people fist fighting, and have it just be like, "This looks like fucking, you know, two blind people humping a doorknob or something." Like they're gonna be like fucking, just blasting it. I they people because this is what happened now. 
people are going to look for flaws even more than they did before. They're going to want to poke a thousand more holes. If they had shut their friggin' mouth and said, like, a blizzard, it's out when it's ready, and then literally a month away from release, say, guess what? It's coming. None of this happens. No. None of it happens. And people don't look for the flaws nearly as hard. But if you delay a game four fucking times, <laughs> and you've got custom consoles based on the game, and you've yeah, got yeah. fucking Keanu Reeves plaster and fucking fancy advertisements, and you've got like a uh, like a monthly or a bi-weekly show where you're showing off all this stuff, and then you realize that maybe you shouldn't have shown off some of the shit that you did. Now you're making it such a higher hill to fucking climb on the other side. God help them all. And God bless the employees for what they're going to have to endure for the next two months. I I do not envy them. Nope. At all. Have fun. Next up, Gears of War 5, Mr. Black, has recast Marcus Phoenix as Dave Bautista. He was, it's an option. You can turn it on in the campaign. He was already in the multiplayer as an option. Because let's face it, if anyone was going to play Marcus Phoenix, it's fucking Dave Bautista. Mm. Now he's part of the campaign. You can choose him as an option. He was already a multiplayer, but you can choose him as an option. That's all I've got. So I just, just, does his voice change as well, or is it just, just I just think it's the visual. Oh. I just think it's the visual. I don't think, I don't know. I, maybe they did some voiceover work, but I just think it's it's possibly just the visual. Either way, it's like that one extra step closer to, you know, just make a Gears movie and cast Dave Bautista. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, I, I think that there'll be a better chance of a Gears show than there would be a movie at this point. But, mm. I, you know, if it is, Dave Bautista's your guy. Because, you know, Dave Bautista is, is enough of a star that would do justice to the series or to the movie but he isn't like too big of a star that kind of turns it into a you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Gears of War or some shit you know what I mean like it's it's a perfect fit he won't cost them too much money but also gives enough star power to draw yeah. people and looks the part yeah, I think Dave Patisse is probably pretty cheap i would imagine yeah uh you probably get him for like a fucking bag of chips and a snickers bar if you give him a if you give him a project that you know he, he really actually the, yeah because he likes gears that's why he's yeah. in there in the first place right i think i think you get dave batista and you get um um terry cruz together and uh and you're and you're a legend you you have an awesome game of th- uh who is who is your second Terry Crews, uh, Terry Crews, Terry yes, Terry Crews and yes. Dave Bautista in a Gears fucking Gears of War sh- a series on Netflix or HBO or in a movie. That's the show. Yes, that you those 100%. two. That's the show. Hundred percent. I'm I'm in. You you announce that tomorrow, and there's going to be hype like no other. And good news, you get both those guys for a Snickers bar. And a promised good time. How do you lose? <laughs> this is not a hashtag ad for Snickers, by the way. No, it's, I don't even really like Snickers all that much. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. That's, that's I'm, I'm on board. I'm sure it's going to happen in some form at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It's just a matter of time. Especially if this goes over well and they see like it's the reception is is really well done or they go like, holy shit, you know, 70% of our players actually played at, with Dave Batista's face. Yes. I mean, sucks to be the dude that that already plays Marcus. I mean, that sucks. Uh, he's already made so he he's already made his money off of fucking Gears of War. I know, but still, it's like you know, it's like somebody coming in and just stealing your thunder. Well, I doubt that know? Marcus Phoenix's voice actor is six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. No, no, but I mean, still, <laughs> you know, still, I mean, you know, if that's your life's work, you know, that's the thing you're known for. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Fuck off, Dave Batista. That's yeah. what he's thinking. Uh speaking of fuck off, Halo Infinite. Uh, the director, Chris Lee, who has been at the helm of 343's Halo efforts since 2008, basically the inception of 343 Industries, has, and I use this term loosely, stepped away from Halo mm. Infinite in the wake of, well, everything we already know about Halo Infinite. Microsoft sidelined him, is the reality of this. A couple of weeks after the delay back in August and the poor fan reception to what they showed off way back then. Then, not long after, is when, and we talked about this before in the podcast as well, they brought in the Halo veteran Joe Statton to lead the campaign and another executive in Pierre Heinz to run the multiplayer side. So basically, they brought in two other veterans to replace him, sidelined them, and he stepped down or, or stepped back from uh, Halo Infinite and is till, still technically a Microsoft employee. He's just nowhere near this project now. Mm. Uh, that, this is like one of those pieces of news that is both great but also disappointing. Because it's, it's great in that we have two guys doing the work that are likely better than the guy who was there before, but it's bad in that it tells you that the development for this game is still in huge amounts of turmoil. Oh, yeah. And, and it's all over the place. And the end product is probably not going to be nearly as good as it should be. Dude, we ain't getting this till 2022. That's when we're getting this game. You know, you know if, what? If we get it. This is that, and you know what you just said there is my take yeah. on this. Yeah. You know what? If I'm in charge, if I'm Phil Spencer, and I'm looking at, at all the goodwill we've got going, and I see Halo, which is one of our pillar franchises, yeah. our tent poles, if you will, that tent pole is looking limp dick as fuck right now. Yep. It's more like a tent wet noodle. And the reality is, is that as much as it would suck, I would be making the call to cancel this project entirely. Yeah. Save as many assets as we could. Pretty much clean house at 343 Industries. Yeah. Because 343 has proven at no point since 2008 that they are capable of making a Halo game that people want to play. Or make a Halo game that is modernized, that breaks it back out into the forefront of first-person shooters. They just haven't. They have literally produced zero games that even approach that target. And if Halo is going to be such an integral part of your fucking console that he is still Master Chief, 
plastered on the back of the Series X box. Crazy. Despite the fact he's not going to be a launch title anymore. Then Crazy. you better knock that shit out of the park or don't do it at all. Jeff Gerstmann made the joke when he was opening the Series X or whatever that the Master Chief's back was turned on you, ironically, as if to tell you, I'll see you in a while, and then walk the fuck away. Yeah. So if I'm Phil Spencer, I come in, I say bye-bye to Halo Infinite. I I clean house at 343. I go and headhunt and create a new studio. Because there's so much bad press for 343 at this point, it's not even worth rebuilding it under the same brand. 343 is now gone. We create a new in-house developer under a totally different name. We might use some of the same good employees from 343 in it, but it's a new name entirely. We headhunt and fill up the rest with our veterans and people that know Halo and know the current state of the industry, and know that you can't just combine Call of Duty with Halo and expect it to fucking do well, and make the game over again. And just understand that, unfortunately, you're not going to have a flagship Halo game for the first three to five years of this next cycle. Because I would rather that than have Halo, who is always, as we've talked about here, on its last legs, really, as a franchise, the last thing they need is for Halo Infinite to come out after all this, like, fuckery and be, like, a 6 out of 10. It's the last, it's the last thing they need. Oh, then, then the whole franchise is dead. I mean, it's already on life support now. You're one mistake off of it's game over. Um, it's, it's, it's legit game over. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, it's pretty much a sunk cost at this point. Chalk it up. Uh they haven't given up entirely yet, though, Jeff, because they also announced in the same breath, more or less, that Infinite has removed the traditional color customization that Halo games in the past has had as far as customizing your Master Chief, and is replacing that with monetized shaders similar to what Destiny 2 uses, and calling the system Codings. And so you'll be unlocking random textures, random colors, random colors with textures combined. Just one sec. You keep going. Yeah. Real quick. Yep. You'll be combining those, getting them randomly as you play the game, or you're paying up and buying them outright, monetizing, changing the characters and how they look, which has never been a thing in Halo before. And so you've got the bad news that we've already received earlier in the year. Then they said there's no way it's getting delayed. Then they said there's no way that hey, that the multiplayer and the single player would be separated, which I guess they were technically right because they both got delayed. Then we've got the lead who's been in 343 since 2008 gone, replaced by other people in the 11th hour, and then announcing that they're going down the aggressive microtransaction path Introducing stuff into a franchise that's never had this or anything that approaches this before, limiting the player's options until they actually come out and pay for the uh, the customization themselves. And you can see why people might be a bit concerned about Halo Infinite. And by concerned, I mean at this point, I think, honestly, there's as many people 
who just stopped caring about Halo as there are people who are actually willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that this game is going to be anything more than a salvage project that has enough microtransactions in it for the people that buy it that will make their money back in order to make it make like any sense, like a wash financially, to break even, so to speak. So, I don't know, um, I don't know where they go from here, but that would be what I would do. I axe the whole project, I axe 343, I salvage what I can from the project, I salvage who I can from 343, I fill out the rest of that new subsidiary with talent that we headhunt, because we're out for blood right now as Microsoft Game Studios. We just spent seven and a half bill on Bethesda. Mm. And we say, you know what, guys? Halo is the game for, for Xbox. He's the flagship, Master Chief. We can't do him dirty like this, and we're so sorry that you've been led along this unfortunate development. We're going to do better. You're going to have to wait for it. But we're <laughs> going to make sure that this is the game that you all deserve and that we are capable of doing here in Microsoft Studios. Full stop. Because I don't think, like I said, the franchise, the franchise can take a hit like a 6 out of 10 Halo Infinite with microtransactions. No, nah, that ain't it. Ain't it. And if it is, then just know that that's the last Halo you're ever going to make. Oh, yeah. Just just know that that's it. If you're going to go that route, just be, have the understanding that that's the show. You, don't, you have nowhere else to go for You have no outs. So if you're going to commit, know that it's the last Halo. <laughs> and maybe that's, the, maybe that's their game. Maybe that's, they maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want to move on. I don't know. Maybe that's their game. Uh, next up. In relation, actually, to the Bethesda oh, buyout. shit. There's still more news? There is. It's oh the last my. one. Oh, my God. Uh, we had, like I said, we had a lot of lengthy topics today. Todd Howard, this is pretty quick, though. Todd Howard finally got a chance to actually talk about the buyout for Bethesda uh, in a recent interview where he talked about the acquisition. He says that uh, they are, according to him, they are, in fact, giving up very little. He is certain that it will lead to them making better products for more people and says that, like they've always done, they will view exclusivity on a case-by-case basis and that while he has a hard time personally seeing Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield being locked to Microsoft platforms, the companies haven't actually sorted that stuff out yet as the acquisition is still being finalized and will be into next year. Like, these things don't just fucking happen overnight seven and a half billion dollar bios don't just like go from tuesday to tuesday and be done so uh they haven't according to him they haven't actually talked about that part of microsoft's plan yet so he can't speak to it but he personally has a hard time believing that that's the route that they would go and i tend to agree that would be like a really bold move do i think that there will be exclusives within bethesda's catalog for the uh the microsoft um environment or the uh the the ecosystem absolutely do i think it will be elder scroll six that would be well it would be the boldest move anyone's possibly ever made in gaming that i can think of for exclusivity if you're gonna make one game an exclusive the elder scrolls is probably the biggest dick fucking move you could make and probably the one that will garner you the worst amount of whatever the opposite of goodwill is bad will we could call that move bad will hunting. 
because that's what it would be. So I don't know what, uh, what to think beyond that, but clearly Todd Howard himself doesn't even know that much as of yet. <laughs> because for obvious reasons, they haven't talked about it within the companies. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how they take it. He does say that they're taking a hands-off approach, and you know what? I don't fucking like that, because as we've talked about before, if there's one company that needs a hand-on approach, it's Bethesda. They need some guidance. And by some guidance, I mean they need to be strapped into the car that they technically own, but be put in the passenger seat and let somebody else drive. That's the level of guidance we're talking about here. You've had too many to drink. All right, sir. <laughs> what? You've had too many to drink. Six bottles of tequila I'm is... I'm designated driver now. Is All right. seven too many. Yeah. All right. I'm driving now. Yeah. But it's my car. doesn't matter. You're drunk. You're, You're going to kill somebody. All right. <laughs> Stop. Stop, please. Stop. All right. If you don't want to stop the drinking problem, that's fine. Just let me drive. Okay. I'll get you there. <laughs> I'll get you there. I know the way home. All right. Just don't backseat drive me. Shut up back there. Pop a bottle if you want to. I don't really give a fuck. I'm driving. That's it. Mr. Black, it's time to sell out. Are you ready to sell out? Patreon.com slash lag TV. If you guys want to support the podcast directly with no celebration button, you just go there, throw money at the screen. We're getting the vast majority of it. All right. So head on over there, show some love. If you want to support the stream in another way, support the sponsors because the more you support them, the more they will want to support us. And you know, the end of the year is coming, contract negotiations are coming. It's time to rally, which means if you're in the need for a VPN, it's that time. We've got a few months. Go in there, pick it up when you use a promo code OTT and get 68% off your Nord VPN. www.nordvpn.com slash OTT. Promo code OTT. For less than a cinnamon dolce latte grande. At Starbucks a month, you can not only stay anonymous and safe on the internet, but you can also bypass region blocking. You can watch different versions of Netflix. You can use up to six simultaneous devices. You can do many things. You can even support the podcast. All at the same time, guys. If you don't have a VPN in 2020, what are you waiting for? It's that time. All right? It's that time. Link is in the description below. Plus, if you don't already have a stream deck from Elgato, well, you all got to get one. It's 2020, guys. Everything needs to be at the palm of your hands. The touch of a button. Minimal effort for everything. I'm telling you, the stream deck allows you to be minimal effort. One click of a button takes you here to the stream. One click of a button takes you to YouTube. One click of a button takes you to my Spotify. One click of a button turns off your computer. One click of a button is all you need when it comes to a stream deck. Mr. Black. Mm Mm-hmm. 
There's something else to talk about now, too. What's that? Elgato mm. has purchased a company <clears throat> that now allows you to use your, at this point, only iPhone as a webcam mm. for your streaming purposes, both wired and wirelessly, depending on what you want to do with it. I didn't know that. And pretty much any iPhone made in the last five or six years is going to look infinitely better than any webcam you can get your hands on. That's facts. Couple that with the multi-mount. Mm. And if you're somebody, maybe you're an artist, and mm. you need another camera to show off the work you're doing on your desk, mm. and you don't want to go and spend $300 on a C920 because the market is absolutely fucked, with work from home right now? Lay that bad boy right on that multi-arm, and you can show all the anime titties you want. As long as they're covered here on Twitch. You can even pair it with a ring light. You could. You literally could. You literally. Do exactly that. Elgato. Works with green had, screens, too. You can, listen, that's the great thing about Elgato products. They all pair with each other. The word of the day is ecosystem. Get in on it. Get in on that Elgato ecosystem. Support the sponsor. And also get great products. It's very rare they have a company that is actually knocking it out of the park with the shit they bring out. Stuff they bring out is actually useful. So go pick them up. Link is in the description below. I ain't got a promo code. But I I can recommend them. So happen. Let let it go. Go there. It's 2020. It's Christmas season. Buy something for a friend. For yourself. But maybe keep it in check because you know funds are a little tight right now. Yeah, yeah. Keep 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 that in check. All right. You got to get your priorities straight. All right. The first <laughs> thing you do with your paycheck, all right, is buy a stream deck XL. Is go to patreon.com. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. Move, Jeff, move Jeff, these, no, these, you know what? These. Okay, you know what? I, I fucking don't hate me, but I, but I missed one thing that we needed to do for gaming. But I think you'll like it. Oh my god! What it's is only going to take us five minutes, and it's done. They released. Are you sure? It's been almost three it, hours. It's just five minutes, and I also made an overlay specifically for this to happen today. So, damn it! Okay, all right, we're doing all right. it. I respect the effort. We're watching. We've got a new reaction scene on OBS. We're going to watch the new, uh, the, the new Demon Souls gameplay that was released just yesterday. Are we? And we're going to see, we're going to react to it because that's what all the kids like these days, Jeff. Well, why don't we react to lag TV content seeing as though we're 10 years old now? That's what we should be reacting to. We can, also, right? we can also get our way into that. You guys are going to see the starting stre- uh, screen momentarily as I just adjust for this. And then I'm going to press this button and hope that it, we're, oh my God, it worked. We're fucking, we're off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. We got to. We got this trailer. I got to give it to Jeff. Hold on one sec. Boom. You let me know when you're ready and you're past the 14 and a half pre-roll ads. <laughs> and you're ready to go. 
All right, I'm ready. Magical. All right, three, two, one, go. So this was just- actually, this came up today. I was wrong. This came up today. So this is fresh off the presses. And I gotta be honest, this is probably the best-looking next-generation game, and it's a fucking remaster for a game that came out, like, ten years ago or whatever. I mean, this flat-out looks really fucking good. We're not even in a particularly impressive environment right now, and it looks really good. been long enough too that I've since I've played Dark Souls that it's gonna kind of feel new try to get the volume right on this I mean I haven't played Demon Souls ever I never played this one oh that's right this Demon Souls. this is the this is the OG bro look oh, at how man. good this looks yeah I actually haven't played this Look at how good this looks! Now, keep in mind that Demon's Souls is arguably probably the hardest of all of the games that have come out under this brand. Um, so it looks good, but it is going to kick your ass. Brutally. Also, in this preview, we are getting the strategy for beating this boss, so shoutouts uh, to this video. Except I think they've got a little bit of a, uh, they got a little bit of a fast-forward button coming up here on this bad boy. I mean, this looks really good. If this has HDR and you're, and you're playing this on, like, a fucking OLED or some shit... Huh? Here comes the shortcut. <laughs> Look at the part of particle effects, though. Fuck me. And this is the a YouTube gaming. This is a YouTube video. It looks better than it has any right to look as a YouTube video. So what I've what I've also read is that uh, while they all the artificial intelligence and like behaviors and stuff apparently are the same as the original game. The roll dodging and stuff is now omnidirectional, so you're actually getting, like, you can roll dodge in eight directions instead of, I don't know what the original was, it might have just been four. Like, forward, backward, left, and right. But now you can, like, full-blown all eight directions. Obviously, animations have been dramatically improved. I would love to see somebody take this clip and then loosely play the original and record it. And show side by side what these areas and the gameplay looks like from the remake versus the the new game, because it would be it would probably blow some minds to see the difference. Sound design is impressive too. Like it sounds great. Oh, it sounds really good. And you're not really used to hearing your guy grunt, but you're yeah, hearing like him. You're, you're hearing him actually like vocalize here, right? I know on the stream right now it's only 30 FPS, but this is butter smooth. Like, just... flawless. I'm 
I'm gonna straight up shit myself if I go against this guy. I'm just be honest. If this was any other game, I'd be like, oh, this looks cool, and then I'd just face roll the boss. But you see this level of fucking crazy, and you're playing like a Dark Souls game, and you just know you're gonna die for the next five, six hours. All of a sudden, he's got that Zweihander. Hmm. Dude, like, HDR for this game would fucking be a legitimate thing, for sure. It would make it look really good. Oh uh, my hey. god. That is pretty. Fuck me. This is the prettiest souls I've ever- I've ever seen. This is flat out the best looking game I think I've seen... ...to date, in general. Like, across the board, visually. Uh, this is it. This is the Don't best- This is- there you go. This is this the is best- awesome. this is the best video game visually. Uh, overall. Uh, I'm almost positive. They also have, I think there was like a, oh fuck, uh, like a filter to uh, make the game a little gloomier, kind of like the original. So if you like the old aesthetic that wasn't quite as colorful as this, you have that option. Like that, all that just looks fire. I mean, literally, it's a lot of fire, but it just looked good. And like you said too, audio-wise, mm, sounded, sounded great. great. Not going to come across on the podcast necessarily, but... All the same. So that drops November 12th. So that's... Demon's Souls Remake is probably the only reason to own a PlayStation 5 on day one. There's no other reason to own the console. But that game... Bro, that looks awesome. Is... If you have the right TV... If you're gonna fucking buy this game and play this on like a fucking $50 1080p TV... Or maybe not. But if you've got like a... Like if you've got something that you're gonna get the most out of this remake on right now... Then yeah, I could I could see uh I could see going for uh for the console on on launch day. Uh one sec, guys, I just gotta get Jeff back to full screen here. Pop back over, boom, there you go. Boom. Now we're gonna have that we're gonna have that view going forward. That's that's nice. Cause people are always like, where's the reaction? Because our our face isn't there. But now it's there. It's there. Now you can see my face. You can see it in real time. Um but yeah, uh, the other thing is, before we talk about the movies and TV, which is almost nothing, is that in relation to that, the unboxing of the console started to happen, the embargo was lifted, people yeah. were actually able to take the shit out the box. Um, the takeaway, the short version, is the PlayStation 5 is quite literally, if you put wheels on it, capable mm. of being a family sedan. Mm. Uh, and the, uh, the Series X, while a thick boy... Is like it, it, the PS5 literally dwarfs the Series X. It's huge. It's fucking mammoth. And but the more surprising thing, honestly, than for me between those two, is that the Series S is tiny. Like it, it makes you think of like the Wii U. Like it's that. It's like it's fucking small. And so the power that they're getting out of the Series S is quite impressive for the size that it, that it is. But yeah, don't get it twisted. The Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to require you to move some shit around your home theater system <laughs> to fucking make them fit. Either one of them. Uh, but the PlayStation 5 is just fucking huge. I mean, everyone complained about the fat PS3, and you see pictures now of the PS3 fat versus the PS5, and it's like, it's fucking orders of magnitude larger. 
So I can't well, wait. With the PS3 though, it's like I, I have one. Yeah, you've got a fat PS3 there somewhere. I've got like four of them here. It's like but, the dome. Uh, the uh, the biggest problem with the PS3 is it wasn't just big; it was heavy as fuck. I mean, <laughs> like, like you put on the desk, and it's like it was like just, an OG it, Xbox. It, it had heft. It, it's it's super heavy, and it like it can be tipped over too. Like it's not when it's standing up; it's not like sturdy. It's like if you knock that shit and it falls over, it's crushing whatever it sits on. <laughs> it's, it is not a... Uh, it's a hazard for small children, Jeff. Is it ever? Fuck. Um, I'm not, we don't have anything to talk about the, uh, the, the DualSense controller. I know that you people... TV! Yeah, we, we don't have any because I didn't see any of it yet. I haven't, I haven't got a chance to look into it enough. I know I'll say this before we do movies and TV. People are saying it's really cool. The only thing that people are saying is that just like the Xbox One controllers had like trigger related haptic feedback that only like the problem is only like five games ever used it. So as cool as DualSense is, people's concern is that you're probably only going to see it with Sony first party games. Movies and TV, Mr. Black, Netflix is partnering up with Ubisoft to create a live action Assassin's Creed series. Yeah, saw that. Um, Yay. Witcher turned out half decent. Maybe Assassin's Creed will also turn out to be half decent. We'll have to wait and see because it's not like Ubisoft hasn't been fucking up literally everything that they've had their hands on now uh, for a couple of years. Also, in continued development is Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is a series coming to Netflix next year. Uh, so we'll have to see how you know what direction that goes in because the Resident Evil movies. Yikes for me, dog. That ain't it. <laughs> so. <laughs> That hasn't been it for a long fucking time. In fact, it's never been it. I didn't mind the original when it first came out. I remember seeing it in theaters. I was probably like 14, 15 years mm. old. I didn't mind it. Isn't it, it Mila Jovovich's great- husband who directs the shit? Uh, and continues to cast her as the lead in like every one of these things? You might actually be right. And he's also the guy doing Monster Hunter and casting Mila Jovovich in Monster Hunter? You might be right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like she does a, a bad job. No, she's no. There's but nothing. No, it's, like, it's it's just. I mean, the writing ain't, ain't good, bro. It ain't good. It ain't good. It's it ain't it's, good. it's it's like video game writing. And it's also the directing good. ain't good. Questionable. So we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that one. Uh, and the last thing I have listed here um, uh, for now would be, or off the top of my head anyway, is Saved by the Bell, for whatever fucking reason, is getting a reboot slash sequel series coming November 25th on the Peacock streaming service. It features much of the old cast, except for Screech, because we all know he got, unfortunately, he turned into a bit of a an oddball. But uh, Jesse, AC Slater, and Zach I saw in that, uh, in that trailer. Oh. Basically, Zach is now like the mayor. Or the governor or some shit. I don't fucking I know whatever it is. Any, you know, ask me, ask me if I'm getting Peacock. No. 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 It's a, it's a big no for me, dog. The only, the only time I'm ever, and actually I'm, I'm probably, even when uh, Fresh Prince is going to Peacock, right? Possibly, yeah. I, I think. Peacock I think is that, turning into like the, uh, remember the 90s? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Fresh, they, they paid for Fresh Prince, right? The new the remake. I think we talked about that. Yeah, yes. it's going to Peacock. Yeah, I'll be streaming that somewhere else. Yeah. Your boy ain't getting Peacock. No. I just can't even give my money to something called Peacock. I just can't do it. 
I can't even take it serious. The answer is no. Uh, and of course, it showed off Mario Lopez shirtless because, mm. I mean, let's be fair to Mario Lopez. He has aged five years in the last oh, 30. That dude has aged like fine wine. <laughs> All right. They say in black don't crack. Well, Mario don't crack. Mario really don't crack. He don't crack at all. Like there is, he's just smooth and he's chiseled. <laughs> and he's been like that. His Since whole he's 15 life. years old, yeah, he seriously. hasn't changed. Seriously. Shit's crazy. It's, 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 it's kind of fucked up, but hey, and Mario's been staying relevant. He's been doing his thing. He's it's like, he's a, he's, a, he's a hustler and a grinder in the, in the Hollywood. So he did the best out of anyone that came out of that show by miles. You know oh, what yeah. else I had to call out though? Zach's hair is still Zach's hair, so I got to okay. give props. All right, yeah. Uh, for he obviously hasn't aged like Mario Lopez. Adam, Adam is the guy that that's I'm, always. Gonna I am. I will notice age. it because yeah. I lack it. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other big news in the world of What's movies. What's that? TV. 007. All right, that got delayed. Well, yes, right. It's, it's, yeah, it's oh, I know what you're going to talk about. It was rumored that they were going to try and sell it off to a streaming service for $600 million. Well, Amazon said, hey. Did they do it? He said, hey, how's it going? We would love to be able to uh, to buy your... Or was it Amazon or was it Netflix? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It might have been Netflix. One sec. Netflix. Actually, it might have been Amazon. Netflix, uh, 007. I will... I will I, I'm... Let me go. Let me go double check before I give the wrong, before I give the wrong news. But essentially, streaming service came out and said, "Hey, we really." Uh, so here it is. Apple. Okay, there it is. Apple T. I was right. Apple TV and Amazon. So Amazon has got their got their Borat sequel yep. rolling right now. I watched they- that. It was fire. Was it good? I haven't watched it yet. We it were going to watch it last night. but It's good. What I'll say about it, just as a quick review, is that obviously you can't expect it to be quite as um, as prolific in its subver- subversiveness as the original because mm. everyone can fucking recognize Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. Yeah. But yet, they still fucking pulled off some crazy shit that as you've seen on social media, lots of people have not been happy with the fact that they somehow did not recognize Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. So yeah, yeah, but good. And in a weird way, kind of like heartwarming shit that also happens in the movie. So yeah. yeah, So all in all, all, thumbs up for me. So there's this trend going on Mm. um, where uh, Amazon bought up coming to America too, which is coming out, I think next month. Um, for those who don't know what coming to America is Eddie Murphy's iconic role of, uh, of a prince or a King that comes, uh, I guess a prince that comes to New York and pretends to be poor. And he works at McDowell's and tries to find love that doesn't want him for his money and his status. And it's an iconic comedy. If you guys haven't watched Coming to America, you haven't even watched comedy. All right? Go and watch the movie. So anyway, Coming to America 2 uh, was shopped around, and Amazon bought it for $125 million. Um, so, you know, Coming to America cashed out. 
They said, that's it. You know what? Um, they they sold for $125 million, And that is, I think the movie cost around $60 million to make. And the good thing about it is, is they don't have to now pay for advertisement. They just sold. They made a nice profit. Uh, and they they walk away. Well, Borat was the same thing. I think they bought Borat for $180 million. And now, they said, hey, 007. Big dog. It's going to cost one a lot more the, than 180 mil. One of the massive tent poles in, in blockbuster uh, history. One of the big dogs. They said, hey, it's tough times over Rona season. How would you like to buy or be sold to us? We'll offer you 300 million. And uh, 007 said, that's fucking low, bro. <laughs> nah, it cost us. $250 million to make. Yeah. Uh, this is a billion-dollar movie. Um, they countered, and they said $600 million. And then they real And then Amazon must have realized very quickly, yeah, we can't afford $600 million for a movie. It's just our return on investment, and ain't, it, that ain't it. So the sale didn't go through. But Amazon... Netflix, they're all starting to shop and they're all and and some studios were yet to see a major motion picture get on board like a potential billion dollar movie sell yet. But a lot of these mid-tier, low mid-tier movies that cost 50 million, 60 million to make, 80 million to make, some of them are selling and they're taking it because it's guaranteed nice profits for the studio. They don't have to go and market the whole thing and spend twice uh, another twice its budget on marketing on top of that and then take the risk of it bombing or not doing as well uh in theater and blu-ray sales and and all this other nonsense. So they're they're just selling these movies flat out. But 007 was shopped. They said, "Nah, bro. That ain't it. 600 million. Well, then we can talk." And uh, Amazon was like, "No." Nah. We can't afford that. But a $300 million offer was apparently made, which is a lot of money for a streaming service to dump in for one movie. I yeah. mean, that's, <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of cash. That's a whole lot of cash. So, uh, But that tells you where this is all going. I mean, that, that's the direction that this shit is going. Even, yeah, on, I mean, even, on the, yeah. even on the other side of Rona, this kind of stuff, is going to be more commonplace. And for the reasons that you just mentioned, for a lot of movies, you're talking about the the streaming service assuming the risk of whether or not it will make the money. You'll look at it and go, this is guaranteed X percent profit versus going to just theaters and maybe we make more, but also maybe we, uh, we make less. And for the streaming service, they're going to be looking at it as for conversions on new subscriptions for the yeah, short or long term. And holding them. And holding them. You know, like- because as we get more and more streaming services, they need more and more uh, incentive for people to want to show up. Like you just, with Peacock, like ain't nobody showing up to Peacock to watch AC Slater run around shirtless yeah. for five or six episodes. Throw that on Netflix, and I'm sure it'll do a whole lot better. Not yes. only just because it has, it, there's the numbers there, but people will get more excited 
about actually seeing the con. It's same thing has happened with Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai was on YouTube Red. It's this little series. Netflix picks it up, and boom, shit blows up. Yeah, season three is coming out soon, and they're already wrapping season four. So Netflix is all on this shit like white on rice, and it's doing extremely well, and it's dirt cheap to make. So, in that in that vein, Netflix. Uh, did miss their estimations, and so their stock price did take a bit of a fall here uh, this week. Uh, but I think that's more of a case of of projections constantly being like you know it's like the assumption that you're going to infinitely be able to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You're just you can't. That's unsustainable. And and even during a time where more and more people are using streaming platforms because they're all stuck inside. It, you can't be like projecting you're going to do just fucking massive uh, growth year on year. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, to that end, though, that's when you look at it and you go, all right, we can spend, maybe we have to spend three, four hundred million dollars to lock up a big ticket movie to get more turnover, at least for this financial, that this fiscal quarter or this fiscal year. So that the the shareholders, at least for that window, see upticks, and hopefully they don't look into it too much and think, oh, this is this is possibly a short term uptick because they acquired, yeah, fucking 007 to drive views. No, but either way, yeah. either way, uh, I bet you this won't be the last time that that No Time to Die is fought over possibly or, or or offers will be made and i think the longer it waits the lower that price is going to come down oh. uh and eventually i think they'll probably crack long I before don't, i don't think 007 is going to streaming service but it is interesting that that they were willing to even field that idea to, to sit at the table and have the conversation that's yeah. pretty unprecedented like S- speaks volumes about where yeah. they're at right and just the movie business in general right now. I mean, yes, exactly. Uh, so. Guess what? That's not going to get better anytime soon. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, Mr. Black, it's now time to move on to... Export. Ladies and gentlemen, $10, patreon.com slash lag TV. We'll get you in to a few things, but one of those things is being able to ask us a question every week. We got lots of questions this week, but guess what, guys? We're not going to be sitting here because we're already at... Three hours. It's been a hot one. Will Hawkins has a seven-time upvoted question, Jeff. Okay. Have you ever named your car? Yes. My car's name is Nightmare. How edgy of you? (laughs) It It happened when, you know, the whole car situation happened, and then I was like... Man, this fucking car is a nightmare. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, there I like it. I like it's that. It's a nightmare. So yeah, uh, that was, that's the name. I personally have not. I haven't owned a car worth even giving a name that wasn't like Bob. Well, my my old 1998 or 95 Jetta, I think it was 95 Jetta, uh, that's, her name was Michelle. Dude, I still remember vividly the day that we went up and bought that car. Yeah. Like when you bought it, we went up, uh, it was off of like the Bedford Highway. 
mm-hmm. up in up in like some fucking random suburb I'd never been in before. It was yep. all hills. Mm-hmm. It was all hills. They, they brought out this fucking Jetta, and I was like crawling underneath of it and shit, and I could see that it needed like some work. It was rusted because it was a Jetta, and like every Jetta on Earth diesel was rusted to fuck. But the guy we like, you beat him down. We beat him. It was like a. It was next to nothing. Yeah, I don't even remember how much I ended up paying for it. Dude, it, it was, was like seventeen hundred dollars. I think it was eighteen. Yeah, I think it was eighteen hundred bucks. And, and he started high. It was like he started like out, three something, out, like three thousand bucks or something. I remember that fucking day. We were pick, nitpicking everything. Like the the fucking window doesn't go all the way down right, and there's a lot of rust here that we got to deal with. And blah 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 blah. We got it way 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 yeah, way way down. Cash. Yeah, fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to get it off the lot. I just want to get it out of here. All right. Uh, the too. Dude, you did. Absolutely. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Danish, whose wife has a question this week. Oh. Says, what's the worst misunderstanding you've had with your significant other, current or in the past, in terms of, like, whatever significant other you would want to choose? Misunderstanding? Yeah. What are the, what, what's the worst misunderstanding? What do you mean by misunderstanding? So just, like, well... Like a fight or an argument? Yeah, but like, then realize that you, it, the argument or fight or whatever was because there was a misunderstanding. Or you misinterpreted what they said and then you, like, did something that they you thought that they wanted you to do, but it wasn't even remotely yeah. close to that. Man. Uh, and I'd have to ask Kayla. You know, women seem, women seem, they think they, they would hold on to that a lot longer than men. For me, it's like when, whenever I'm upset or about something or whatever, like it'll last a day and then it's gone maybe two days. If it's like really annoying the fuck out of me. And then it's just like, just like a flick of a switch. I just forget about it. Yeah. I, I, I rarely have misunderstandings because I'm, I'm so I'm so fucking specific about how, like, with my communication, I'm not, I'm so direct. There's, like, I don't leave room for, like, artistic license with what I'm saying. So, um, but with M, because she's not English first language, even though she speaks English phenomenally, there are still, like, there are still things that, as an English speaker, like, you can understand reading between the lines that she might not a hundred percent get and vice versa. She'll be, she'll say, and that's what happened. Like she said, she was texting me something, which is even worse. Cause now you're texting. And she thought that she was using things appropriately where I would understand in the in between the lines context of what she was going for. And I didn't. And, uh, it, it unfortunately snowballed out of control. And that was the closest thing to an argument we ever had. Uh, but then eventually it just was, it became obvious what, uh, you know, what, uh, was going on. So, uh, so that was, that was it. Not much. Cause I'm just, I'm so fucking specific all the time. In fact, I'm often too time. I'm, I'm often too specific. I don't shut the fuck up. Uh, let's see. Cryptic Cyanide asks, what is the most inoffensive thing you've seen someone get offended by? Fuck, that's tough because that's like daily. Somebody sets a new fucking yeah. watermark for getting upset about something. Oh, you know, I saw. Okay, so I saw something on Facebook uh, this morning. It's funny you bring this up. 
Okay. Now, I don't think that this is like the most unoffensive thing because like if I really thought about something, there's definitely stuff that's like I guess less offensive than this. But I don't see how it was offensive. Just people are in a visit. Maybe maybe you find it offensive. So I'm on okay. Facebook this morning. Okay. And I'm like looking through real estate stuff. I'm always like seeing what rent is and one one of the one of the things that you can use people when you want to buy real estate rental properties l- go to other rental ads and then message the person that is renting it out and ask them if they want to sell because if they're having a hard time renting it which is impossible here but sometimes they just don't want to deal with it anymore they just like they're over it they just like it's a headache the thought of it is whatever so you just reach out and say, hey, listen, I'm not interested in renting your place, but I want to know if you, if you ever considered selling. And if so, I'd love to, I don't know, check out the property and and uh, you know, go kind of go from there. But anyway, so I'm looking at a bunch of places that that's up for rent mm. uh, here, and there's a guy that is uh, renting out one of his rooms. Uh, so he a roommate um, moved out, and he's looking to rent out a room in his apartment. So it's oh, like okay. a two bedroom. It's a two bedroom apartment. Um, somewhere downtown. Uh, I'm assuming he's a student, young guy. And he, in the ad, he said, looking for... Um, Hot singles an, in my area. No, looking for a <laughs> an, a, a, a male uh, from India. So he's looking... He's, fr- he's from India. He's obviously also Indian, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's from India, um, but he's like, you know, looking for uh, a single male from India... Um, you know, does not like the party non-smoker and just basically, you know, giving the type of person that he's looking to live with. Mm. Oh my God, bro. The amount of people, hundreds of comments going, you're racist. You're racist. So what? I can't apply for this if I'm white. How dare you? Oh, did you know that you're not allowed to discriminate? against people when they apply when they apply for a place for one the guy isn't the landlord he's just renting out a room in his apartment he's he you you can't hold him to the to the bylaws of of the of the housing act all right he's just looking for a person that is compatible to him and his religious beliefs and the things that he probably does culturally where he feels comfortable Having somebody similar, he's he doesn't he's he's a foreign exchange student. He's he's not from here, and he's just looking for a person that he feels most comfortable with and compatible with as a roommate to live with. And people just went fucking mad. Like I mean, they went fucking mad. Sounds like Facebook. Yeah. So, um, that's a good example because I saw it this morning and I was. It was one of those things where I started writing a fucking paragraph and then I and then I finished it and then I'm reading back at what I'm saying. And just before I hit the uh, the 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 send button, I go, Jeff, don't do this. That's going to go in one ear and out the other. Don't even talk sense to these morons. And I just deleted it. Actually, I copy. I copied it just in case like a, a half hour later, I still felt the urge to let them know how I really felt about it, but I ultimately didn't. And it's funny that this is a question because this dude, it was almost as if he, he, uh, 
it was almost it was almost if these people thought that the dude was like I can't stand white people or or black people or or whatever. I it needs to be brown, you know. Uh, it was it was wild. So I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man, you guys are fucking. You y'all are lost on the sauce. Yeah, so yeah that, that's yeah. that's pretty bad. I mean, that's just. Yeah, I, I'm. That's fucking stupid. But it's also Facebook, and Facebook is the home of. Of all stupid. the social media, uh, of all the social media, Facebook is by far the home of stupid by miles. Um, man, yeah, that's bad. I don't put yourself put yourself in 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 that guy's shoes, right? So, say for example, I moved to Japan for for studies or for work, and I have a two bedroom apartment, and I was sharing the space with another American. And this person flies back home to America and I, I'm looking for a roommate and I don't feel comfortable uh, rooming with a native from Japan because, you know, I, I'm new, I'm new here. Um, I want somebody that I can communicate with, that I feel comfortable around, that I can potentially do things with, that aren't going to look at my tendencies as a as an ignorant American doing things, you know, in in the comfort of my own home or the place that I'm renting. Am I considered racist because I'm just trying to be comfortable in a in a foreign place as as much as humanly possible at this point? where and in my life and where I'm at I would like to think not not saying that I would personally do it cuz but I can I can have sympathy and 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 I see where this gentleman's point of view is coming from he's just being honest he doesn't want to waste people's time listen this is what I'm looking for um you know the, well yeah. as we all know Jeff it's racist to have a preference suppose as we all know there you go it's racist to have a preference it's just the way it is right it's the way it is yeah i like i like white women hey bro what's wrong with black women yeah hey what's wrong with latino women hey it's my preference it's what i like i'm not saying i don't like the other ones i love me some latino action i love me some thick booty listen i love me women but if you had to ask me what my preference is I'm going white. <laughs> All right. Don't hate on me for it. Ah, damn. It's uh, you know, yeah. It's it's that's fucking stupid. And yet I'm not surprised. You know what? Okay, so here's what I I, I just listened to this. Uh, it was a snippet from um um Bill Burr's podcast. I was just listened to a snippet of it here yesterday. And he was responding in in general to a, a couple of of women that were were writing in in response to another topic that he was talking about in regards to a, a guy taking out his wife to see Bill's one of Bill's shows. So they went to one of his live shows and then out for dinner and. She was complaining about that because it wasn't exactly what she wanted to do. And then also complaining that like after her waiting forever and ever and ever, 
to finally go out because this guy is apparently working 60-hour weeks, that it wasn't exactly what she wanted to do. Mm. And Bill went fucking full-blown off on her, and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd heard in a hot minute. But it was the... It was the idea that the that the 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 girlfriend could get or the wife could get offended by getting taken out to a live show and a dinner because it wasn't exactly what she wanted, and she expected she really more. Steak that night, and he took her to a fancy Italian restaurant. How dare he! So, I would say that's up there with some of the stupidest shit I've heard. It's like you get a guy, you get a guy, you get a guy who's working sixty hours a week, so that you're not, you know, working when you're eighty, and you still get to go out with your boyfriend or whatever the fuck. You don't pay for anything. You don't pay for dinner. You don't pay for the live show. You don't pay for the gas in the car. You don't pay for the car. You don't pay for anything. You, just you, are, you, are, you are taken out for an evening after he finally has some time. And the first thing that comes to your mind is to get offended by the fact that you think he didn't take you into consideration enough because it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a get out of my life, dog. <laughs> that's what that is. That's, that's just like, nah. Bitch, sorry, you ain't getting nothing now. I'm gonna go take one of my boys out now. How does that sound? Or actually, you know what? Let me go swipe right on Twinder. 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 Let me go fucking swipe right on Tinder. All right, and let me go take somebody out that would love to have a good night at a comedy show and a dinner. Fuck you. How does that sound? You ungrateful motherfucker. Crazy, bro. Two quick, no. two quick last questions, then we're wrapping this bad boy up. Uh, Captain Egern asks, when is the next episode of Realm Royale Replay coming? Been waiting for that for a hot minute. That's the joke, <laughs> the joke part. Uh. So the real question, did you guys uh, have any other cool plans on videos or projects that were dropped early for whatever reason over the years? Not really. We did we most did. of what we, we thought of. Um, like, most of our shit was around StarCraft anyway, so any of, like, the the concepts we had, whether it was um, the, the inbox to icebox or the cold cast marathon or Honestly, the... a lot of that stuff, for me anyway, I can't speak yeah. for it, but a lot of that stuff kind of stemmed off laziness, where it was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick and tired of looking through a million and a half replays. Well, yeah, no, well, I'm not speaking in terms of like, I'm just saying in general, yeah. the, the stuff that we thought of to do, nothing really got tabled, but the cold yeah. cast stuff did was born of us not even want, not wanting to look through hundreds being, of replays. Yeah, it ended up being great. Um, and there were some snoozers, but we always made it work or most of the time, but in terms of like, actual content that we've like planned and we didn't really do i can't really think of much because a lot of ideas came at the very beginning of lay tv and we ended up just going with what worked and that was starcraft 
Um, the only things I can think of that would even relate to this a little bit would be obviously Realm Royale replay died with, with Realm Royale, but yeah. we had a similar idea and where Realm Royale replay kind of thing came out of, not that it would have been exactly the same, was that we did briefly field the idea, and this was especially when Jeff was getting back and was, was getting into reviewing movies on his own YouTube channel. We fielded the idea of doing movie type reviews, um, but in like a science theater 3000 kind of light, which is part of the idea that became Realm Royale Replay. Yeah. Uh, so that was one that, that got tabled. And then um, the, the only the only thing that I can think of at this point that I would ever want to do well at, mm. well right now is mm. I would do a reaction series yeah, for like sure. old stuff like yeah because it's old enough now that and I think that would gather the I think that would rally the the community up a little bit and mm. you know it'd be a great place to market our fucking podcast too yeah um so I think we could hit two birds with one stone because I still think there's tons of StarCraft fans that just have not given the podcast a chance and haven't yeah. really realized it's same thing um is is whenever we start to see stuff come out of frost giant and an rts comes out and you know it would be a basic shoe in for us to jump in and do the non-professional stuff and kind of experience the game and the 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 cheeses or the 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 weird plays and different things that is the only content other than re regurgitating some of our old stuff which would be fun in itself um that i could that i could see us doing that is the and that is the only type of content that i could see that we would actually grow from uh would be the new rts game because our community's rts we do some we do stuff different but dude we are three to five years out from whatever the fuck this thing is yeah. you know we'll be we'd be blessed enough if we still got a podcast in three years yeah so you know <laughs> so you know we basically see what what happens when it happens but in terms of making uh you know content or things i can think of it's just no the um the only other thing i can think of that ever got tabled for a time was actually the podcast Yes. Where and that was probably the the shittiest fucking uh, miss move that we up. ever we made. Fucked we fucked up. We fucked up bad. Because could you imagine if we started a podcast even towards the end of our popularity yeah. and we did that on the side of yes. the, of that stuff? Oh Night God. and day. Oh Night and day. The uh, so that was that was probably the worst. And we and we did that because we we fucking folded to the StarCraft community which is uh, a mistake many people made because the StarCraft community, while great, was full of a lot of not so great shit. So that was probably it. That that pushed the podcast off literally about three years before we we actually committed. Um, it should have happened three years earlier. This should technically be our sixth year, bro. We should be a YouTube channel yeah. with a million plus subscribers, yeah, and we should have been pulling in like quarter million dollars a year. And ad revenue. Yeah. When we were at our peak. Yeah. And we would have just transitioned into other shit. Yeah. We had it. We were we were first to market. And now we we're fighting the algorithm all over again, Mr. Black. Yeah. yeah. Like we fucking had it at the palm of our hands. And we could have done both. We could have done 
the StarCraft shit and then branched out. And I'm not talking like Minecraft towards the end of a Minecraft era. When we started doing Let's Plays and shit, we should have fucking stuck to the formula. We should have jumped on another game and we should have we should have just rode another another train, you know, and then we it would have been much easier to just jump on bandwagons, jump on the fucking Fortnite train when it came out because we'd have the base jump on the, you know, all this other fucking, you know, these uh, th- this other stuff. That's that is my biggest mistake. And you know what? I'm partly to blame for it because I was blinded by my own success on the side where I was just like, you know what? I guess what we have here is it, when it, at its peak, it wasn't bad. It was still good. Like we were making good money. Still good. I, it, was, it was still good, but it was like, damn it, man. Like, you know, we could have, we, we could have done something and it was, and it's not like we haven't talked about it. It was the fucking pressure to just do what people wanted us to do. And it was only the, the vocal minority. I'm sure the majority of people would have been like, hell yeah, as long as you're not taking away or when she's fails, go and fucking do whatever you want. But we we're so like focused on not upsetting and rocking the boat. My God, man. Yeah. It's it's one of my biggest regrets in my entire career is is wasting what we had. And it's like, you know, now I'm grateful for what we we still have. Mm. But man, it's 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 why well, even just thinking about it upsets me, dude. I've got a hundred thousand subscriber plaque in my in my other room, and you've got one as well. Yeah, we've been doing this for a decade. Yeah, we're way too talented and driven to be hundred thousand subscriber guys. I'm sorry, call it arrogance, call it what I don't give a fuck. We are way t- our dynamic is way too good. Yeah, to be the basically the bronze finish of plaques on YouTube. Yeah. It's insulting. It's insulting. And it pisses me off when I, more I think about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. And unfortunately, all you can do is hit the bell icon. That's it. And get to these videos in the first hour, hit the like, put a comment and spread the words best you can. And then that's, that's literally it. Then you, then you wait and you hope for the fucking best. Seriously. That is Dude, the the best that we can hope for right now is just to maintain. Yeah, now, we're we're in it. We're in it. We're not only in a podcast. Everybody does fucking podcasts now. Yeah, and the gaming podcasts that are out there. You know, you've got like the big fucking you know the big time YouTubers that you know, generate hundreds of thousands of views. We're basically just maintaining what we have, and that's we're, all I can really hope for at this point. Because <laughs> growing is it, it ain't it, at any reasonable rate. The the growth is coming from me hosting over the stream. Yep. From stream from my personal growth in hopes that people hang out and they have been and it's been great but in terms of like actually organically growing uh, no. it's like fuck me dude we're fighting algorithm <laughs> so that our subscribers can see the goddamn podcast when it comes out that's what we're fighting like for, our right? own our own subscribers yes not, e- not even like outside of that but just fighting fighting it to get our own subscribers to see it yes that's where we're, that's where we're at it sucks but it is what it is it is what it is you just got to keep fighting the good fight. We're fighting the good fight, guys. And related, and related to that, and the last question comes in from Shady, asks, what are you grateful for from the Lag TV experience, and what do you regret? Well, we just covered the regret. <laughs> uh, there's, the, there's the regret. So the regret, the regret was not, not doing the podcast. 
I mean, there was a lot going on at the time when the original idea of the podcast came up. When I brought it up as an idea because we were so... At the time, we were doing Let's Plays and stuff like that, and so it wasn't just StarCraft, and like it kind of made sense to maybe do it. And we were looking for more shit to do that like folded into our workflow... But the, the thing was, is that, like, the StarCraft community pressure was huge, and Jeff was experiencing a monstrous fucking spike in League of Legends at the time. And, yeah. and he was up to his, like, eyeballs in streaming hours. And, uh, and there was just no way that if we did a podcast at the time, that it would have, like, fiscally made sense for Jeff to take even, like, three or four hours in a week and devote it to a podcast instead of just simply doing three or four more hours of League of Legends. And so uh, it was like looking at the community from StarCraft's perspective, knowing we'd probably take the you know a lot of heat from them, and then on top of that, uh, reducing the, the time spend um, during Jeff's, like, until recently, that was the peak of the, fi- like, a year, fiscal year for Jeff was, like, the League of Legends hill. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, um, it was that's 2014, 2014 was the year. And that Bless. was, that was originally the idea year of the podcast was 20, it was 2014. And then it waited until 2017 for it to happen. So it would have been a very interesting thing. So that's the, the regret. Only, yeah. The, the only way right now that we see a spike is, 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 is something new in our space that comes out and we get on board and it, and it would, like I said, the frost giant game, it's one of those, it's an RTS. So like, you're not going to have everybody and their dog jumping on it, like a Fortnite game or whatever, but you're going to have all, all of the RTS heads back in the game. You know what mm. I mean? At least to see what's going on. And then you just pray to the gods that you actually have a game that is amazing and then on top of that, you play, pray to the gods, the heavenly father above, that it's a game that casuals can get into. And then you have like a recipe of like, oh man, these are the RTS guys. Go watch these dudes. And we're just, and we're, 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 we're juvenile enough that if we had the form, the formula and we could have put that into Fortnite, like, holy sweet mother of Christ. But we were dumb. But what are we grateful for, Jeff? That was the other half of the question. Uh, and uh, can you say the, the beginning of the question again? It's just what do you lag TV questions? He just said, okay. "Well, what what are you grateful for from the lag TV experience, and what do you regret?" So we've already uh, we've co- yeah. covered the regret. Well, I'm 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 grateful I'm grateful for everything. I mean, yeah. listen, I I I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have what I I wouldn't have what I have today if it wasn't for the lag TV community. Like even even on my personal side of thing and your personal side of things, mm. it all originated with lag TV. It's why I never took lag TV out of my name. I mean, I could have easily taken on my mm. Twitch and, and I've been offered many times to just take Maximus black, but it's part of my identity. It's where I started. And it's a reminder that like, none of this is possible without lag TV, you know, and it's, we're 10 years deep, 10 years yesterday, since I went over here in that same apartment, same literally the room i'm sitting in with the same yeah with the same i was i was sitting sitting about two and a half feet to my left 
That's it. Jeff walked into the house and down the stairs and opened the door to the room and said, I have an idea. And I said, does it involve Chuck Norris and t-shirts? He said, no. We're going to make a YouTube channel. Yeah. And I said, great, because at the very moment at that time, I was making my, my second video for the Life's a Glitch series I did on my GameSpot blog all those years ago. I said, great, we'll do that. We'll call it Lag TV. Life's a Glitch TV. I already have it here. Fuck it. We'll make it on YouTube. And then we did. Ten years ago. It happened. Yep. And so all of it was positive. I mean, all of it was positive. You, you know, you're, gonna, you're always going to have missteps and regrets. Every, if everyone, you know, it was the Wild West when we got involved in the shit. So, you know, it's not, it's not surprising that we were one of the casualties of not quite, like, if we had gotten into the game a year after, like, if we started in 2011 and we hit the same height, we wouldn't have made those mistakes because in that first real, like, not 2009, 2010, not enough mistakes had been made by other content creators yeah. that you had the blueprint. There wasn't a blueprint yet. That was the splitting your channel into two... Uh, channel like major mistakes and uh, or even three or four channels in some people's yeah. instances um the the fucking partner networks you were involved in the contracts that that were going around it was literally the wild west and so if we were like a year later different ball game entirely because there was a blueprint but we were there early and we made a lot of mistakes because of that we didn't quite have the the foresight or or the blueprint they have of people that came before us to be able to navigate those waters and so um the, you know other than that it was just it's all a positive experience right i mean you, you can't i mean it 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 basically allowed both of us to be self employed for a decade and do crazy. extraordinarily well that's and, crazy and and so you know the and the fact that we're still going there's even though we're only getting like 3000 views a fucking video on YouTube these days the fact that we even are are able to get that after a decade uh puts us in a very small group of people to begin with yeah and so um you know all all basically positive there's like i said always going to be negative shit but it, it is what it is you're not everything is is always sunshine. You no. can't get that. You're going to have some some shit. So, you know, um and and I will hobbyist or otherwise continue to do this for as long as I damn well can. Straight up. I yeah. love doing this shit. I also hate it a lot of the time <laughs> because we've been well, doing it for so long and it's like it's it's, it's become it's work, but still yeah. like I, I will yeah. do it for as long as I as I damn well can because as long as there's a handful of people who get up and turn my stream on or go to my YouTube channel or whatever the fuck other social media weirdness is going to exist in in the future and are like and they're you know they positively interact with my content that I create I will continue to do it for as long as I I have the time to do it that's just mm -hmm. the reality of it so yep. Um, that's it. What I'm mic, like, what mic is that? Is, is the panic asking me about my microphone that I've been using for like two years now? It's Shaq's dick. I mounted it to a pole and I talk <laughs> into it and it makes me sound good. As you would imagine Shaq's dick would. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, all, all pretty much positive.
Yeah, it's a 416. It's a Sennheiser 416 shotgun. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what else is there to say? Happy 10 years. If I had some noise, you know, I had some noisemakers, I'd be, I'd be using them. We need to get, we need to get a leg TV reacts going. That's what we need. Well, we uh, got, we got, we got the thing now. We, yeah, we, we gotta, got the we, screen for it now. We got to sit down, Adam. Um, and we got to, we got to make Adam. I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. We're spitballing this live. This is like circa 2011. We're just tossing ideas around randomly. What do you got for me? I'm going to put some pressure on you. Oh, fuck me. Okay. All right. Let's, okay. What is it? I'm down to record tonight. I'm down to do it. Okay. I'm down down to do it. It's either I'm going to turn on my stream and stream for a few hours. Okay. You and I, we shut this bitch down. Okay. We record some some lag TV reacts. Why do we even shut it down? I can literally just go over to the fucking react scene that I've got. If we're going to promote the podcast, I don't want to make these guys. I kind of want to make these guys wait for the episodes to come out. You know what I'm saying? That's what I kind of want. I kind of want to make. But I mean, of of all the people that are going to be here right now versus those who are going to watch it on YouTube. I mean, we're not taking a, a, a hit right now. Mm. If we can fucking riff it. It ain't going to make that... Jeff, we got 3,000 views of video. Let's not pretend that we're about to fucking cuck ourselves out of a quarter million. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean you know, we put out, we put out a, a When Cheese Fails 10-year anniversary episode 8 react. Bro, that's getting some views. That's, com- that's, get- that's going to be our biggest... That's going to be our biggest video in the last two and a half years. It's possible. Oh, it's going to. Oh, it's happening. We get the right thumbnail. We play the. We play the YouTube game. It's possible. The only challenge is, is I actually, I haven't eaten in. Well, that's what I was going to do. About eight hours. I was going to shower. And uh, the other problem is I need to be in bed in about two and a half hours. Because mm. I have to wake up a quarter to, to six to go and pick up M from work. So it might not happen today. Oh, see, I was mentally prepared, Adam. Uh, no, I, was- I, I was mentally there with you until I remembered I have to wake up a quarter to six. Yeah. I had forgotten about that because I didn't drive her because we were still doing the podcast. So my dad drove her instead. Hey, guys, we did this live. I, I put him on the spot live on the podcast. In the comment section, don't come at me, bro. <laughs> Adam, Adam ruined it for you. Don't come at me. It's all my fault. It's all Adam's fault. It's all my fault. Put the blame on me. I'll put the blame on you. That's a song, isn't it? It is. It's an Akon song. There you go. What happened to Akon? Well, he's like doing shit in Africa now. He's like the fucking, the, the savior of Africa. The guy's doing like all kinds of philanthropy work and stuff. Oh, well, there you go. Fucking good job, Akon. You did it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the Technical Alpha podcast this week. It's a casual three and a half hours. This will be, listen, this will be the regret of 2020 for Adam. When the question gets answered again down the road, what do you regret? He's going to say, man, that night when Jeff put me on the spot in your anniversary, he said, let's do it. And then I remembered I got to wake up. I said, no, bro, that ain't it. I got to eat. I got to get ready for bed. The dream is dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the regret. There it is. So to keep me up at night. 
<laughs> when I have even less hair. Yeah. Maybe if we didn't do a four-hour podcast, huh? That's possible. Fuck. Man. Probably not, though. Probably not, though. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys next week for another Technical Alpha podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, youtube.com slash TV. Subscribe. Hit the bell icon so you get notified as soon as these things go up. It goes up every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern mm. is the time that it drops. Get in there. First hour. Like. Comment. Even put a placeholder comment there first and then go back and edit it later with your actual thoughts. It's the pro strategy mm. to help us beat back the hands of the algorithm. Patreon.com slash TV if you want to financially support this bad boy. And good news, unlike Twitch, Patreon doesn't take 50%. No, it doesn't. And so you can feel free to head on over there and give us as much money as you can possibly afford to. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again. We'll see you guys real soon. And until then, peace. Peace. 